Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIV, FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 is the number to call or text. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV on your TV, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Audible to podcasts. And, of course, you can get the free apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. Don't forget to subscribe for five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, or 16 cents a day for 1600 here and oh, 1600 No, it's just 1600 uh, you can get all the notes so you can keep up with the show and all the links that you can share wherever your heart desires. I'll be joined by Newt Gingrich. Uh, yes, folks, I will be talking to Newt Gingrich with a forecast uh, here for the conversation. Yeah, hard to believe. Yeah, uh, Newt Gingrich is going to be right here. Forecast for the election, excuse me, not conversation of next week. So I'm uh, very excited about that. Welcome in, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, this edition of The Rock of Talk. Republicans get to 227 plus. Uh, we'll see what uh, Newt has to say about that in the U.S. House. I'll have the forecast for the Senate tomorrow. Uh, it's increasingly looking better and better. Could we be pushing possibly 54, 46? I've never seen Republicans this motivated. I went out and voted today. If you want to see how I voted, you could follow me on Twitter at the Rock of Talk. Dot com uh, at the rock of talk not dot com uh, at the rock of talk so you can see me there uh there's another guy who took my uh, thing he actually uh, will be getting a cease and desist on that you cannot have rock of talk anywhere in any sort of uh, commercial venue because it is trademark also crime wins new york we'll also see what newt has to say about new york leftists project their violence onto us that's exactly what they're doing that's all they have to run on uh, this cycle, companies forced hires by government. We'll talk about how both your affirmative action and let's not forget, of course, your uh, sex change, uh, your transition surgery also have to be paid by employers. Three times vaccine kills, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And then uh, we cannot trust voting technology in 2022. We'll be talking about that today and tomorrow here on this hump day. Glad to be here with you on this, uh, what, 306th day of 2022 59 days left to 23, and uh, it looks like it's going to get a little bit uh, wintry tomorrow, maybe a wintry mix. Uh, some say we might even have a, you know, a shower of snow or two uh, here in the Kiva. Your question uh, for today for the poll question, and it's a good one, and it is very simply, how many seats do the Democrats lose in the House 2022 midterm election. Notice there wasn't any kind of push back at that at all. People thinking more than 30, more than 44% think more than 30 is what they're going to lose. 11% of you said more than 25. 20% of you, uh, excuse me, 33% of you said more than 20. Uh, more than 10 said uh, 11%. So uh, you can go ahead and uh, vote directly. And that's where we're going to go ahead and start. And it has a lot to do with the man who will be showing up tomorrow. Where will Joe Biden be? Well, he'll be in the South Valley. No, he's going to be hanging out over there. Well, according to this, uh, this was uh, sent to me earlier today. He's going to be at uh, Gonzalez Road, 6900 Gonzalez Road, uh, tomorrow about 1245. Now, that's the rally location. The reason why I'm telling you that, I don't want any of you guys to go over there. So I don't want to impress that. I want to impress that upon you enough. Now that you know where he's going, you don't have to 
go there or be in the way or anything else. So he'll be uh, at the New Mexico Department of Health in the South Valley, you know, hanging out over there, uh, giving his let them have their rally, pay no them, pay them no attention whatsoever, folks. Uh, you know where it's at, and that's all you need to know. And just know that uh, stay out of the way for those four or five hours. They're going to try to make an example of you. I mean, after all, he has the second worst presidential approval ratings of any midterms going all the way back to 1974. Here's where it ranks, the uh, presidential approval ratings. And you might remember the uh, 98 approval ratings of Clinton, who actually had the highest in his second term midterm in 1998. Everybody was feeling sorry for Bill Clinton because we'd all been there. I could relate. He had a 66% approval rating. Let's not forget my next guest, Newt Gingrich is the reason why Bill Clinton had any sort of success during his term as president. Don't forget, if it wasn't for the contract for America, there would be no sort of uh, Democratic benefits uh, for his second term. He got reelected in 96, sadly. Uh, 2002, second highest at 63% for George W. Bush, and that was right after 9-11. So again, you know, the hearts, and that was a gain of six, six in the House, all right? Reagan in 1986, uh, in his second term, had a 63% approval rating. Uh, he lost five House seats. Uh, 1990, George H.W. Bush, uh, a one-term president, he had a 58% approval rating. He lost eight seats with a 58% presidential approval rating. Let's not forget the census came right after that. Let's go all the way back to 1974. And uh, he had all of about two months to jump into the fire. President Gerald Ford lost 43, 43. The Republicans uh, not benefiting from uh, Tricky Dick's uh, exit out in August of 1974. Uh, or is it 73? I forget. Carter in 78, 49 was his approval rating. So we're now in the uh, sub 50. He lost 11 and every single person who is sub 50 has lost. Every single president who's been in the sub 50 range for the president approval has lost seats. 11 for Cardi Carter in 78 with approval rating of 46. You might remember the contract with America, Newt Gingrich responsible for gaining 53 seats, a loss to the Democrats of 53 seats, 46% approval rating for Clinton. You might remember Hillary Healthcare was a stop during that time. Obama, the Tea Party years, the greatest loss in the history of, uh, I, I believe, maybe ever, uh, lost 63 seats in 2010, the Tea Party, uh, 63 seats. Could we see something that cataclysmic for the Democrats yet again? Uh, we'll see. Uh, does anybody talk about more than 40 at this point? I don't know. Uh, Obama in 2014 did not do very well with a 44% approval rating to match where he's come in at president as they 44 lost 13 seats in 2014. People feeling a little bit more understanding. You might remember during the entirety of Obama, notice I haven't got to Biden yet. The entirety of Obama's term, he did not have one single interest rate increase. Uh, 1982 Reagan, his first term, lost 26 seats. All right. He was fighting inflation. It's tough to fight inflation. Uh, 42% was his approval rating. Trump in 2018 with a 41% approval rating lost 40 seats in his uh, term as uh, midterm uh, lost 40 seats. So that was pretty sizable. The third highest uh, on record. Remember trailing Ford in 74 and Clinton in 94 and Obama in 2010. And now we finally arrive at Joe Biden with an approval rating of only 40%. That's why the question for all of you, does he lose 10, 15, 20, 25, or 30? 
If you go more than 30, uh, it seems like you're going to be in pretty safe territory. More than 30 at, uh, at that puts us at uh, 242 House seats for the Republicans. And finally, the worst, uh, the second term of George W. Bush, the second 38% approval ratings lost 30. So between 30 and 40 seems to be right about where it's at. Uh, if you want to estimate uh, 30, you are thinking that you're going to get to 242. If you're estimating 40, it's two. 52, and that's the way that it looks uh, going in. When I return, we're going to get Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House, his forecast on all of this. I'm going to bring that to you live right here in the Kiva. Very excited about uh, that conversation. I think it's something that we have to have. Uh, I doubt anybody has had that type of conversation here in Albuquerque. I appreciate you all tuning in. Stay tuned for Newt right after the break and a check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande in three minutes. I'm KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. I'm joined by uh, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. You guys are all too familiar with him. And of course, you see him, he ran for back in 2012. But the thing that I remember him most is, of course, the contract with America. It seems like we're having a new contract with America. Uh, welcome into the Kia, Newt Gingrich, and into Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks so much for being here. Listen, I'm, I'm delighted to be there to talk with you. And uh, I do think that Kevin McCarthy's um, commitment to America, which people can see at commitmenttoamerica.com, is in many ways very parallel to what we did uh, and is uh, a remarkable document. If you go to commitmenttoamerica.com, you'll see over 150 specific positive proposals to try to get America back working again. It's nice to have structure since we've been sort of uh, floating on all the way. And we're going to go back a little ways just because we just celebrated uh, 31 years years, actually, since Clarence Thomas has been brought in. We're going to get to the legislative and the races and all that stuff. That's very important. And uh, McCarthy is doing a great job. And I'm glad that you're helping guide all of that. I've seen uh, you plenty of times on uh, Fox News uh, as well. But going back to judicial stuff, and we're now talking about some of that, uh, you know, heritage. Here's a man who didn't speak a word on the uh, bench for 10 years, Newt. And uh, here we are talking about affirmative action. Now, uh, this is kind of important. The uh, Supreme Court's really sort of taking over, and that's sort of the, the thing that we control 6-3 from what it looks like. But you, of course, addressed it on your transgender note uh, directly to Joe Biden over the weekend, and that's kind of seen where those two sort of converge and come together. Give me your thoughts on uh, sort of the uh, the heritage and the strength of that that we have right now with the Supreme Court. Well, I, look, I think the one of the things which will make Trump a very consequential president is the Supreme Court that he left us. He appointed three constitutional conservatives, or nominated, and the Senate confirmed three constitutional conservatives. That meant that for the first time since the early 1930s, you have a conservative conservative court, and it is reverting to actually enforcing the Constitution, doing exactly what former Justice Sirica uh, used to, to call for us to do. And and uh, I think that it's really, really an important thing to remember that um, we are dealing with a liberal worldview, which wanted to rewrite the Constitution, uh, disrespects the Declaration of Independence, uh, and uh, basically would change America in dramatic ways. We saw what happened with Justice Kavanaugh over the summer, the threats to his life. And now we're seeing the Democrats uh, sort of utilizing this in the one off uh, thing that happened over the past weekend with uh, Paul Pelosi, husband to uh, Nancy Pelosi here and trying to change the two uh 
things that we're running on. Really, it's crime and economy. Now, inflation, you just got the three-quarter bump uh, just about an hour and a half ago uh, earlier today, and that is going to have some consequences. But I know that you're big on these uh, predictions, and we're going to sort of start there. We know that that's the two-prong approach. No no need to really kind of uh, beat that down. But your thoughts for the Senate, which seem to be sort of hit or miss. We've heard 50-50, the plus one, which it currently is. Uh, We've heard as high as 55-45. Governor Scott has uh, put that out there. Where do you see it? Why do you see it? And what are going to be the tough races in uh, your mind? Well, I, I think that it's important to recognize that when you have the current crisis in the cost of living, whether it's buying food or buying gasoline or buying heating oil or in the uh, very real problem now that we may be on the edge of running out of diesel fuel, which would be a disaster people haven't even begun to think about because mm-hmm. it, so much of what the country depends on is delivered by trucks who use diesel. Um, and uh, you then have the problem of crime. We have the worst crime we've had in at least, I would say, 40 years or more. Um, and we have a border wide open with cartels and fentanyl and human trafficking. Uh, you have uh, schools that have been teaching radicalism. And one of the side effects of the COVID school closings was people began to learn what was being taught their children, and they were just appalled. And all over the country, I hear from people who are so angry at the way the schools have uh, gone from educating to indoctrinating, and they've gone from teaching people to think to brainwashing. Uh, and so all of these things are swirling together. Uh, there's a Wall Street Journal report out yesterday that uh, women in the suburbs have moved 27 percent from Democrat to Republican since August. And I think it's the combination of crime and inflation and radicalism in the schools. So uh, I think these things are all moving. The reason I I give you that as background, because if that's what's happening, it's happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that puts... New Hampshire in play, where General Baldock, I think, probably is going to beat Maggie Hassan. Wow, that's bad. Uh, it it, it, it uh, probably puts uh, Pennsylvania in play, where I think Oz is going to beat Fetterman, because Fetterman has been the most pro-criminal uh, statewide official in the country. Uh, we literally voted to re- release 25 murderers when nobody else on the five-person board would vote with him at all. Uh, you're, you're almost certainly, I think, uh, going to end up uh, winning Arizona, where yeah. Mark Kelly has uh, wow. failed to uh, develop, you know, he's failed to fight to, to control the border. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue in Arizona. I think you're going to see um, Adam Laxalt, the former attorney general, yeah. win the Senate seat in Nevada. And son of uh, Pete Domenici uh, here in our state of New Mexico, which who, of course, you knew was one of your colleagues. Oh, yeah. Pete was a great human being. Um, I would say also that uh, there's a real shot that Tiffany Smiley is going to win in Washington state. She's certainly within striking distance. And people are very, very tired of her opponent who's been there over 30 years. Uh, and finally, in Georgia, I think that uh, Herschel Walker is just uh, going to beat Warnock, uh, the Democratic senator. Uh, and uh, Herschel is, is, is a remarkable competitor and has gone all out and uh, has had a very good run. So I know that's uh, uh, very close to you, too, the Georgia race uh, being uh, from there, not to mention that's where you taught. But uh, will that go to a runoff speaker? It might. I have a hunch it's not going to, but some of my close friends think it is. I just have a hunch in the end that, that uh, Walker's going to win by a bigger, by more than 50 percent. Let's go to he, the he's, he's, a, he's ahead now in the most recent poll, 47-46, but the governor's doing very well, and the governor's now campaigning with him. Uh, and on the other side, Stacey Abrams is collapsing and yeah. behaving more and more idiotic. 
idiotically. I mean, it's it's astonishing the things that she's she's grown desperate, and as a result, uh, she is saying and doing things that just make no sense at all. Absolutely, she's been doing that uh, for as long as she's been around as well. Uh, we're with Speaker Newt Gingrich. Uh, he is giving us his insights, and we're going to drill down here to New Mexico very quickly because there's some blue state bleedover that's coming in, turning New York, Michigan, of course, uh, uh, the uh, Oregon as well. But before we get to get uh, to that, let's get to the House. Uh, what is your forecast for that? You can just give us hard numbers and uh, give us a sure. couple of surprises, if you would. Uh, somewhere between plus 20 and plus 60. Uh, the, most, <laughs> the, most, the, the most likely number is 44. 44. Okay. I like that. And, that uh, sounds real good. That puts us, uh, I'm, I'm pushing it at uh, 227, 208, but I think you're thinking even higher. And we're looking at the president's uh, ratings right now. Uh, this actually just coming out of Gallup this morning. Presidential job approval and seat change in midterm election years. Uh, this could be one of the most formidable ones, given that he is at 40, which is second lowest of all the time. Hasn't been that bad since 2006 with George W. Bush, who uh, went negative 30 on that. Trump went negative 40 in, in uh, 2018. And it looks like Obama, as you know, back in 2010, right before he ran for president, went negative 63. So uh, that's a, a good estimate right there at negative 44. We're going to stick with that. And that looks good. Let's go to those gubernatorial races. Uh, New York's got to be surprising to you. Michigan, no surprise to you. I know you're happy with uh, Tudor Dixon. Uh, but hey, look at what Carrie Lake is doing, uh, taking the national helm. Your thoughts overall in a way that that sort of uh, changes the overall composition? Well, well again, I mean, I mean, I've been watching Lee Zeldin, for example, in New York. And when Hochul and, and their and their debate said, you know, what, why, why do you want me to talk about locking up prisoners? Why does it matter to you? Uh, well, if you lived in New York and you looked at the amount of violence and carjacking and rapes and murders, uh, you'd know, you know, you'd think, Governor, don't you understand how bad this has gotten? Uh, and I think that this, this, to me, it's no accident. In addition, there's one particular school issue which which affects about a million Orthodox Jews, uh, and the left wants to basically force them to accept cultural left-wing ideas in their schools. And Zeldin was the one guy who stood up and fought for them. So I think uh, he has a lot of things going his way right now in New York, in addition to the general wave of anti-Democrat, anti-Biden mood that is building. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think you see something similar. I think Ranchetti's now much closer closer than people thought. Uh, he'd be in terms of the governor's race in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Carrie Lake is clearly going to win in Arizona. She she may be the most impressive single candidate in the country right now. I agree. Yeah, her, her ability to just, uh, just actually decimate the media in those uh, quick hits that she's uh, mic'd up for that stuff is uh, absolutely viral right now. Thanks for mentioning New Mexico, and I just want to spend the last three minutes talking very quickly. Former DGA head Michelle Lujan Grisham, we were the lockdown kings, or in her case, the queen. Uh, of this country. Uh, we are highly dependent upon the federal government. In fact, Joe Biden uh, himself is coming in here tomorrow uh, about noontime to go ahead and uh, stump. I'm surprisingly there. We know Hillary's back out on the stumping, uh, even on media. We know Obama went out last week, uh, all sorts of ridiculousness. But, uh, you know, he's approaching a lot of safe places. So give me your thoughts. This would be the last state to flip, uh, Speaker Gingrich, uh, uh, in New Mexico. Here's, here's the problem they have. Okay. You bring in Obama, Hillary, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, you remind everyone that this is a national election, uh, you know, Oh, oh, they, they don't lower the price of gasoline. They don't lower the price of food. They don't solve the problem of crime. Uh, they just go around and, and, and give speeches. And so I, I don't think it's, you know, you know, if I were a candidate on the Democratic Party side, I wouldn't want Joe Biden to come in. All right. You know, and, and frankly, Hillary Clinton lost in 16 because she's just not likable. Mm-hmm. 
So having Hillary come by to lecture you may not be the best way to, to develop things. I, you know, I, I develop a lot of these ideas in a podcast I do uh, called Newt's World, and, and we do three a week that are free. And we do them to, 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 because I think what the country needs is a collection of positive ideas of solutions that will help us get the country back on track again. And uh, we've got to make this country work again. And I think that's a very, very important way to think about the near future. It's not about just defeating bad people. It's about defeating bad ideas and then replacing them with better ideas. And that's what you've been doing for a long time. You gave proper kudos to uh, Speaker McCarthy now as well. Uh, very quickly, we've got Mark Ronchetti. We've got a high level of quality candidates. He's a former news person, just like Kerry Lake is. He won his debates uh, outright, but he is up against a Democratic blue wall here in our state. You know, uh, if we could go ahead and turn the state of New Mexico, what's it going to take in your eyes being the last state going from blue to red here in this uh, all-important midterms? Your thoughts? It's real simple. Go to the grocery store and ask people if they like what they're paying, and then go to the gas station and ask people if they like what they're paying. It's a big state. People have to drive long distances, and it gets more and more expensive the longer the left is in charge. One more time, your podcast so we can go ahead and get it out to all the people it's here. It's, to make well, it's, it's called Newt's World. Newt's World. There it is. Speaker Gingrich, thank you so much, Newt, for taking the time with us here in New Mexico. Okay. Ready to do it. We'll take a quick break. Back in three minutes with a check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande. People say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bones. A mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Uh, Little Tennessee Ernie Ford there. Johnny Cash as well. 16 tons. First appeared on the charts back on this day in 1955. That other song for Once in My Life. Stevie Wonder released that back in uh, 1968. Wasn't that fun? You guys had a good time there with Newt Gingrich giving you that plus 60. Plus 60? My goodness, that would be 272. That would be a landslide, but he put it in, uh, pegged it at 44. You've got uh, his assessment of what could be possible here in the state of New Mexico. If you guys keep the faith, if you guys focus forward and make sure that you get out to vote, if you want to see my voting, my ballot, I cast it all today, didn't vote for one Democrat. I urge you, when you only see Democrats on the ballot, leave it blank. Nothing will count for them. They can only count the votes that are actually marked in for them. That's the way that it works. And you can see my full ballot, including Mark Ronchetti and one Yvette Harrell, both who I believe are going to win next Tuesday. You have until Saturday, I believe, at 5 p.m. to go ahead and get your early votes in. And then other than that, you'll have to wait until Tuesday. And don't forget, tomorrow, uh, Joe Biden will be in town. I urge you all to stay away. Uh, don't be made an example of because that's exactly what they are going to do. So let them have their fun, their party. And uh, I will tell you that uh, I am excited about the way that things are lining up, especially after that good conversation, laying all of that uh, there for you. The poll question for today is, what do you think? Pretty easy. Go to rockoftalk.news. How many seats do you think the Democrats will lose in the House in 2022, the midterm elections? Minus 10, minus 15, minus 20, minus 25, or minus 30, or between 20 and 60 according to uh, Newt Gingrich. Let's kick it off there. So if New York changes, uh, the state that we thought would be eternally blue, could New Mexico change? And this whole thing is built around crime, and we're going to focus on crime and, of course, inflation and the economy. Three-quarter point interest rate, trying to bring everything uh, back down here in this country. And I got to tell you, DeSantis is uh, jumping on board wherever he can. You know that uh, Donald Trump's going to be declaring for uh, president uh, by January, if not a little bit earlier. Uh, click the link at Rock of Talk News uh, for that. 
Here's uh, DeSantis uh, stumping for Zeldin. Uh, and I think that this is pretty good. This is teamwork. This is what we need. Everybody getting out there. And DeSantis talking about the large group of people who are moving from New York to Florida. He can't take on any more. So we've got Zeldin now pulling in the lead over Kathy Ockel. And it looks like he might get the victory. Here they are on Hannity from last night. You know, when you compare New York and Florida, you have an amazing statistic. I, I know Governor DeSantis, the population now of Florida is higher than New York, but you work with half the budget of New York State, and not only half the budget, you don't have a, a, a state income tax. In New York, it's 10%. Uh, if you live in New York City, it's another 3.5%. If you add that to the federal income tax, that's 53 cents out of every dollar you're giving the government, and that's before sales taxes, high property taxes, etc. How do you do it with so much less and so with less taxes as well in Florida? Well, it's interesting because the people that move from New York, they will tell me, hey, your roads are better here. Your infrastructure is better here. Your services are better. And we just finished third and fourth, respectively, for fourth grade reading and fourth grade math. I think New York was in the 30s, so our K-12 is performing better. Look, I think the issue is right now in New York State, there's nobody who's an advocate for the taxpayer. Basically, the taxpayers are treated disrespectfully. The politicians divvy all this up. I think they give it to a lot of special interests. So Lee Zeldin as governor will mean that the people of New York actually have somebody looking out for taxpayers for a change. And all we do in Florida, we just respect taxpayers. You know, we want no income tax, of course, tax lightly, spend reasonably. We do meet all the big priorities, uh, but we are absolutely going to respect the taxpayers. Lee will do that in New York. And now they're talking about the economy there, right? So it's a two-pronged approach, as I just uh, talked to uh, Newt Gingrich about, and that's what this is all about. Crime and economy. Today, you got the three-quarter point interest rate bump. That's a tax to every man, woman, and child across this country. We're all going to be dealing. Those costs are all passed on to consumers at the very end, regardless of where gas prices are, regardless of where anything is. Everything is costing significantly more. They're increasing those tax, or excuse me, the interest rates so they can bring down inflation. And we also have to talk about the other thing, which is symptomatic and causal. Well, right now it's more symptomatic than causal, but we've got our own city of Albuquerque. And if we can break out and go into the red, Folks, we are at 147 murders, according to ABQ Raw. Go to abqraw.com. They're actually tracking all this. I got the link right there. BCSO investigating murder after finding a body. Murder happens Hollywood night. Homicide 147. Murder overnight 146. Repeat felon charts. I mean, it's all right there. This is what 4, 7, and 13, as well as the Albuquerque Journal, are not covering because they're running cover for Michelle Lujan Grisham and Tim Keller. They want the Democrats to win. Make no mistake about it. You have to understand what the game is and what the agenda is. We can win this if we can amplify what's actually happening in our city. Our city has never been this bad. Albuquerque is on the verge of about to break 150 murders. Now, what's happening in the uh, great state of New York? Well, Kathy Hochul is trying to do what she can to go ahead and, uh, you know, stave it off. She says, people are scared. They're hurting. A lot of it is because the... GOP is scaring them while I'm keeping them safer. Um, I gave you the graphic right there, rockoftalk.news. Uh, you can see it right there. And it's got homicides in New York City 
by month. Homicides in New York City have become more common during the pandemic, jolting the perception of a city once called the quote unquote, the safest big city in America. And you're seeing certain months above 80, other months above uh, 35, 40, another month above 40, another month above 55, 60. Like all of this has happened over the last couple of years. And you've had Bill de Blasio. And then since the beginning of the year, you've had Eric Adams. Now you bring in Kathy Holkel after a removed uh, Cuomo uh, from the governorship. And, you know, she's doing everything that she can to go ahead and uh, run her own interference. Here she is on CNBC last night. Underestimated. And uh, this is when the rubber meets the road. And when Democrats get out and vote, we win. It's that simple. And that's what's going to happen one week from today. So I was up in Dobbs Ferry today talking to voters about what issues are animating them. Um, and I asked them about the governor's race. And I just want to play a little bit of, of what they told me they're wor worried about and focused on. Cars are being stolen again. That's not something that's happened since I was a kid in the 80s. Cars are stolen. Uh, that's Albuquerque. Next. And now it's back on the rise. Why do you think? Why don't you think Kathy Hochul can handle that? Uh, you know, I don't have a specific answer, but I will say that if we want things to change, we have to try something different. Why hasn't she uh, spoken more clearly on uh, how she's going to remediate the problem? The, the, the GOP is very, very good at, at simplifying and, and making their message very, very clear. Hochul uh, and the Democrats may be not as much. So the first voter there says he's going to be voting for Zeldin. The second voter says he's voting for you. But he said he was frustrated because he doesn't believe the Democratic Party, that you included, does a good job of messaging about crime. What is your message to New Yorkers? There you go. There's the question. There's a setup. Hochul said we've been fighting crime issue. It doesn't go back to the election season. It goes back to last January when I was with Eric Adams working a partnership for the first time. A Democratic governor and a mayor of the city of New York have actually worked as a partnership. Well, if they had, it actually would be bringing crime down. They said they toughened up their red flag laws. We did the very same thing. After the red flag laws, has crime actually gone down in the state of New Mexico? No, it has not. Here we go. She talks about AR-15. She also talks about the uh, Supreme Court uh, handing down uh, certain decisions and being a causal uh, a causal issue uh, for creating crime in New York. Uh, Governor of New York can no longer count on the law that's been on the books for 108 years to ensure that people aren't carrying guns concealed. That whole entire argument has died. Have you noticed that the Democrats can no longer argue for the Second Amendment or the restriction? Because where it's actually happened, crime has gone up. It has not gone down. So if those trends can make Zeldin win in New York, can't the same thing be said here in the state of New Mexico? Well, the AP is already picking up on it. It says out of uh, Santa Fe, Republicans are pumping resources in the law and order campaign for governor of New Mexico by a local television celebrity. Oh, <laughs> is that what he is? This week, President Joe Biden's visit is geared towards showing up, shoring up support for an incumbent Democrat. Former TV meteorologist and Republican nominee for Governor Mark Ronchetti is highlighting concerns about the crime in a bid to unseat Governor Michelle Luan Grisham. The governor has launched her campaign to support abortion and Ronchetti has support from a pack of ambitious GOP governors with little love for Donald Trump in a state that's alienated and it's all about crime. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva.
1963 on this day, Dion walked out of a live taping of the British TV program called Ready, Steady, Go, claiming that he was distracted by the go-go dancers. Uh, he was uh, he had wandering eyes uh, right there. Also in 63, you'll hear it later. Be true to your school. You hear that in the third hour from the Beach Boys uh, on this day in 1963. I love that song. I didn't realize that uh, Dion... Oh, that swagger that he had up there on stage. Uh, 550 if you guys want to go ahead and text in. Uh, Biden also going to the CNN main campus, relayed to us peasants as an event. However, some that are in the know couldn't wait to start spilling the beans. Well, we'll spill them right here for you. Uh, all I, that I ask is that you guys behave, don't be made examples of, and don't even bother showing up. It's just good that you know where it's at so you can avoid it. And that's the best thing that I could possibly say. 6900 Gonzalez, uh, Department of Health, New Mexico Department of Health. Uh, here's Charles uh, giving us some insight into the ballot. You can see my ballot directly on Twitter at The Rock of Talk. It's at symbol T H E R O C K O F T A L K, at The Rock of Talk if you want to see my ballot. Uh, Eddie, in case your listeners don't know, I did. All the judges up for retention on the Bernalillo County ballot are Dems. I didn't vote for one Dem. I voted do not retain on all of them. The last time Republicans held a majority on the New Mexico Supreme Court was in the 1920s. Time for some Republican judges in New Mexico. Charles, I could not agree more. Charles is a prolific writer as well. Where can we see who you voted for, Eddie? Does it include retaining judge questions? Yes, it is. At, one more time on Twitter, The Rock of Talk. Just put it right there. I keep wanting to say uh, com, right, dot com. Uh, good job getting Newt, Eddie. That was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Eddie, uh, for having Speaker Newt Greenwich on. Uh, what a special man. Love listening. Maybe I could uh, uh, sort of end the show with uh, my interview with Newt Greenwich uh, one more time. I think I might uh, try and do that if I can get that up. And, you know, uh, after I recorded it here, then I got to go stop it and then, you know, kind of edit and put it back on. Eddie, thank you for bringing Newt in. I'm sure it cost you a pretty penny. Thank you. Uh, that's from uh, Patrick. Uh, the conservatives. Now, uh, I do want to finish up because my question to all of you uh, here as I uh, rattle off my five questions because I want you all to have takeaways uh, for each day. Will New York be won by Republicans due to crime? The answer is yes. Okay. Even Newt Gingrich thinks so. And here's the thing that uh, we can say, oh, we got this in the bag. Republicans aren't going to say we got this in the bag. Actually, what unmotivates or demotivates or what uh, pushes motivation away from Republicans is telling them they're going to lose. That's why it was so incredibly important for Joe Monahan and uh, Brian Sanderhoff and all these partisan hacks that are out there that think they know everything. about. And how easy is it to be right all the time when you control the variables and you have a ridiculous number of people who are registered Democrat? They can call the shots and they can just be involved in the gossip girls and then every so often for the last month month and a half they actually have to talk about republicans and policy and they're just not well geared and versed for this type of thing so um republicans will feel motivated because they will go to win if you tell them they can they will right it's sort of like uh if they feel like they're getting something wrong they just won't it's just the way that it is it's sort of the opposite way for democrats they have the opposite psychology if you tell them they can't they will push as hard as they possibly can most of the time. Here's the problem now with Democrats is they actually don't have issues to run on. None of the issues that they've run on over the last, uh, they petered out pretty er early. Uh, Antifa, BLM, you know, uh, the anti-Trump stuff, like all that. And Donald Trump has not given them a target. He endorsed all during the primaries, but basically cut everything off uh, once he hit mid-September. Now you see more DeSantis, DeSantis everywhere. But you don't see Donald Trump uh, pretty much anywhere unless he's showing up to organic um 
rallies that are happening from state to state. So Joe Biden isn't going to motivate anybody. No one's excited to see Joe Biden. Democrats aren't uh, excited to see him, especially in those swing states like I think you can call Pennsylvania that now and and certainly Ohio. So will New York be won by Republicans due to crime? And I'm going to ask you, will New Mexico be won by Republicans due to crime? The jury's still out on that. I think I want to say yes. Absolutely, I want to say yes. But there's a lot more cheating here in the state of New Mexico than anywhere else. So New York, if uh, we can trust the polls, to be honest, Zeldin will come out with a win there. More people are going to be motivated because people like to vote for a winner, and they will show up to vote for a winner. Now, to take away the crime from us, they have been hyper-focused on creating it all about one crime. And that crime, of course, is the crime against Paul Pelosi. And I'm not going to go ahead and argue. I haven't seen photos. I haven't seen pictures of a hammer or anybody's ba- head bashed in or anything like that. I'm not necessarily questioning it, but, you know, the proof is upon them. The onus is upon them to go ahead and provide the the uh, the, the test to all of us. Some people have been congenial about it, been respectful and say, oh, yeah, we want we don't want those types of things happening to leaders. I mean, who does? But I do question the timing of all of it. The que- I question the security and some of the uh, details on the periphery that just don't seem to line up. Now, I told you they brought out Obama. They bring in a, uh, 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 Joe Biden out tomorrow. And uh, I don't know who else is really stumping. Uh, now, Hillary Clinton is now deciding to go ahead and get in on the action. Here she is on Joy Reid. They have to drag her 75-year-old bones out onto the uh and not functioning very well those she does she doesn't look like uh, death has overcome her uh, quite yet she's looked bad folks she really has you've seen some of these uh pictures but they are working on her 24 7 because they've got nothing else to run on but michelle uh obama barack obama and hillary clinton take a listen i wonder if you can just you know tell me how the attack on Paul Pelosi struck you and what did it tell you about the state of the right in this country and the hate toward a powerful woman? Well, I think your question uh, kind of answers itself, Joy. Um, there's always been. Uh, I remember this is all going to be nothing but propaganda. Okay. Now watch the setup. She literally unites the themes, and you're going to see this all come to fruition just the way they want to. This is the way they're trying to position it, but the people are no longer buying it. A streak of violence, of uh, you know, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, as you said. Um, but I think what we're seeing today, and it has certainly been thrown into very high relief by the horrific attack on Paul Pelosi, uh, is not just an aberration where one or two uh, people or a small group engage in that kind of uh, violent rhetoric and urge people to take action against political figures uh, like her, like me, like others. We're seeing a... I don't know where anyone's asking anyone to take action against political figures other than what the University of New Mexico students did or Tommy Lahren or the other stuff or the stuff that happened to, uh, you know, Paul, uh, Donald Trump back in uh, 2015 when you guys decided to go ahead and do that on May the 26, 2015 when he came to town. Like, you're the ones who decided to do all this. The violence is actually coming from the left every single time. Or take your Black Lives Matters, uh, uh, you know, protest downtown and destroy property. That's the types of attacks that I have seen. I've seen more attacks. Uh, Lee Zeldin in New York getting attacked. What about that violence? That's an actual attack 
that was caught on camera as well. Uh, continue, Hillary, please try to sell us. Whole political party and those who support it, those who enable it, those who run under its banner, uh, engaging in behavior that is so dangerous. And I find, frankly, uh, disqualifying for people oh. uh, who are running for office. You know, okay. this uh, midterm election, we've seen a lot of ads by Republicans. Here it comes. Running for everything, uh, touting crime. Crime is the issue. So she is going to take it and she's reversing it and turning it into the one incident that nobody seems to know anything about, right? I mean, now the guy is getting going to get prosecuted for attempted murder or some other BS that they've made up at the 11th hour. But when an 82-year-old man is attacked by an intruder in his own home, they don't seem to be too bothered by that. Oh, that's right. Because we have to protect the politicians. We don't want to protect our communities and the various other people that have resulted because you've let criminal out your revolving door system that has continued. And that you've decriminalized the criminals out there and the justice system, the Arnold tool in 37 different cities and all run by blue mayors and blue governors where violence has been so incredibly prevalent that it's just not just a one off thing that it's actually one run by Democrats. People like Tim Keller, people like Michelle Lujan Grisham and people like Kathy Hochul and, of course, Mayor Eric Adams and Bill de Blasio. New York is New Mexico. New Mexico is New York. Because that person is married to the Speaker of the House, who's of a different political political party. I just want your viewers and really I would like every American <laughs> just to stop and think about that. Yeah, I'll stop. Okay, now I've started again. This is the kind of violent rhetoric that leads to violent action that props up authoritarians and that's unfortunate. Oh, authoritarians like Donald Trump where you call us all fascists all the time when you guys don't even know what the definition of fascism is. Uh, what we see the Republican Party today uh, uh, supporting. That's it. That's Sir stump speech. That's what she's running with. Uh, I'll tell you what fascism is all about as we kick off uh, hour number two. We'll pick it up there on their uh, uh, coattails of their violent speech that they continually project upon us, but we know it is them that's doing. Back up to the Happy Hour News here in the Kiva. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Hour 2 coming at you from the ABQ this afternoon. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Stitcher SoundCloud, Spotify, and Audible if you like. Also, my free apps at rockoftalk.tv. And rockoftalk.com, don't forget to subscribe for 5 bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, or $0.16 cents a day for 1600 directly at uh, rockoftalk.news, formerly rockoftalk.chat. So we covered a lot of ground. Interview with uh, Newt Gingrich. I'm going to try and get that in for the last segment to wrap up the show so that you guys can hear it all again. A lot of uh, compliments. I appreciate everything that you guys are saying. I'll rifle those off very quickly, but we've got to get to all this stuff because... They are trying to make the link and make it all about one particular crime. That's what the Democrats are trying to do. They have nothing else to run them. Their back's against the wall. They've got no platform. They're starting to question themselves. Uh, all of this gaslighting that has been going on, they've been at this for a very long time. They are the, the defund the police party, folks. Understand that that is who they are, okay? 
That's what they did. Now, this this left-wing social media where they created this in places like Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland. This is a report out of something called the Network Contagion Research Institute. Washington Post posted this some time ago, which has studied right-wing violence from groups such as the Boogaloo Boys, warns that left-wing groups have embraced social media tactics similar to what they have seen from right-wing groups, right? Including memes, humorous catchphrases, spread their messages, and possibly help coordinate offline activity. It acknowledged, by the way, Seattle, Port, and other cities on July 25th. All was organized by a social media involving fires, looting, and property damage. The report acknowledges the left-wing political actors, including those who embrace Antifa, have been responsible for far less violence than white supremacists, but, but, but a finding consistent with the conclusion of law enforcement and other threat analysts have found that they have continued it for a longer period of time, and it's more spread out, as in multiple cities and across the country. It drew particular attention for the growing use of slogans, including ACAB, all cops are bastards, that have spread extensively on online conversations while also increasingly appearing in Graffiti on government buildings, statues, especially the topping, toppling of over 400 statues throughout this country that have also been toppled by protesters uh, in your local area right here. The Oñate statue, the obelisk up in Santa Fe. We've done all it all right here, right? But that wasn't Democrats. That was right-wing crazy people, just like the attack on the India Palace up there, right? There was uh, supposedly a Trump supporter that they were never able to verify were going on three years. Some memes spread on social media to depict police officers being shot on their vehicles and burned one post from a left-wing group cited by the report called for the use of laser pointers to obstruct surveillance and the lighting of fires at police barricades. You might remember a number of police officers attacked despite having their tactical gear on another post urged people to use 3d printers to make guns that can't be traced by authorities. Anti-police slogans surged 300% on Reddit, more than 1,000% on Twitter during the unrest, triggered by the killing of George Floyd, according to the report. It also described the growth of left-wing networks on Facebook, such groups as Redneck Revolt and the Socialist Rifle Association, boasting about 50 to 100,000 members, numbers that pale in comparison to right-wing communities online. So if we're so violent and Hillary's now trying to paint all of us with our rhetoric, Shouldn't they be responsible for all the things that have been going on for the last four years or uh, here in New Mexico, but for at least for the last two years uh, since Joe Biden has been in office? And my question to you is why are leftists claiming violence when they have been the ones who have been largely responsible for doing it? Now, they find their violence to be far more justifiable, uh, sort of by any means necessary embracing the Malcolm X uh, late 1960s tactic, putting their fist up, you know, power to the people, fight the power, all these things. Those have been completely lost on them altogether because if you go to, you know, cities like New York City and you look at their crime, this is all about attacks on New York Police Department officers. In fact, over the last couple of years, we've seen more attacks on officers than any year previous to that. You'd have to go back to 2015 when you had those uh, four police officers in downtown Dallas that were shot and killed, right, for someone who was a leftist. Now, let's break this down a little bit more and go back to Hillary Clinton, the violent rhetoric by Republicans leading to violence. We've seen what's happened in New York. We know what's happening here in the state of New Mexico. Thank you for the Albuquerque Raw website, which is actually tracking. It's actually doing the business of journalism that 4713, the Albuquerque Journal, refused to do because they're running cover. And what's happened is Republicans have reacted. They've gained strength. 
They've run and they've stayed focused. You heard from the New York City citizens who stated exactly that. Today, brand new Cook Report has put all this out. Ten more blue House seats move in Republicans' favor. And what's really interesting is when you go look at what cities they're moving in, it's where crime is the highest. In fact, there's a direct relationship between where crime going higher, California's 47th, New York's third and fourth districts. All you have to do is look at all these various places. Oregon's fifth congressional district, okay? All right there. All available for the taking, and will we take it? That's what we have to look at right now. That crime has helped us. Now, do we want crime? Of course not. We all know that we don't want crime. That's not what we're looking for. But let's turn this locally, shall we? Because this has been lost on us. I mean, even in our own local Muslim community. I put this out to you guys yesterday. I expect, uh, (laughs) but we won't get it. Joe Biden to have to apologize for him blaming hate for the reason for the Muslim killings. Well, the hate happened within their own community, didn't it? Kind of interesting the way that that happened, right? When it came to the University of New Mexico, the violence there, who did it happen against? It happened against conservative Republican speakers, people like Tommy Lahren. Okay? Who does the violence happen against? So how are they getting here? So this is a very simple and straightforward. The parallels between New York and New Mexico are easily made. And I'll tell you why. It all has to do with this Bloomberg article that I shared with all of you that I need for you all to look at. It's really, really interesting. In Bloomberg, is New York City safe? In New Mexico, can we ask, is New Mexico safe? As of February of this year in 2022, going all the way back to 1999, according to New York City registered voters, it's always floated somewhere between 30 to 40%. In fact, from 1990 through 2015 during the survey, it didn't climb to past 50% until... October of 2015. Then in 2017, it went down below 30% during Donald Trump's tenure. And Bloomberg did not survey its voters again until February of 2022. Last time was in March when Donald Trump, in March of 2017, when Donald Trump was in power, it was below 40%. Now it's well over 70%. Answering the question, crime is a very serious problem. Here's the answer for you. Digital and print media mentions the violent crime surge after Mayor Adams was elected. How did that happen? That came from national pressure on New York City. Adams launched his campaign. There was all sorts of mention about crime. That's what Eric Adams decided to go ahead and focus on. Because he focused on it, more and more people were talking about the actual crime that was happening. And then you go and you look at media coverage about shootings and the number of incidents that are happening, right? It's a direct correlation. Media started paying attention. What is not happening in the state of New Mexico? Why is crime the fifth most important thing according to New Mexico voters? Because they're not hearing about it. Because they barely run, run one or two lines. The difference is, is we both have escalating crimes. They have a responsible media in New York City. We do not have a responsible media here. That's all this is about. And because it's not responsible, it's not going to blame the right people for the escalating crime that's happening. Back in three minutes in the Kiva.
Stewart. Uh, he's uh, been married a lot. 2006, Rod Stewart divorced uh, from Rachel Hunter on this day became final. Seven years after they separated, uh, there's a nice little link to an article about uh, Rachel Hunter uh, right there. We don't have a feature artist because there isn't uh, much depth here, but we're going to uh, sort of uh, kind of move around some of the various songs. Penny Lancaster is who he married. He's actually dating her since 1999. And uh, Rachel Hunter, the gorgeous New Zealand blonde, uh, he decided to go for an English girl who uh, he had two children with as well. He has a total of eight children. Rod's a busy man. I think he's still in residence in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, 550 Let me read your text just to kind of catch up. And now that you've made the link, the connection, you know where it's all coming. It's coming from the left. Grab the links, go to rockoftalk.news, share them, get the information out, especially the videos, and uh, share it wherever you possibly can. I'll get to your calls momentarily. Got more uh, text that I can shake a stick at. Is Nancy Pelosi's husband a rump ranger? I don't know what that is, but that's funny. Uh, every time I meet a cop, I thank them and tell them they are doing a hard, thankless job, Eddie. St. George had a statue ironically made of some white material. Pretty awesome, actually. Leftists cry out in pain as they stab you in the back. Yeah, right? Uh, that, that's kind of interesting. There you go. The video's on there, rockoftalk.tv. Uh, Ron Ketty on the road. New Mexico tour, Albuquerque rally. Uh, that is happening on the day before. It's going to be up on Carmel Avenue, 7521 Carmel. Uh, not the kind that you eat, just Carmel, like Carmel by the Sea. Uh, November 7, 2022, 6 to 8 p.m. RSVP at markronketty.com forward slash events. Went to his website last night. Uh, you, of course, if you got the news, rockoftalk.news, you see the picture of Mark Ronchetti. He's running on crime. Thank good that he is uh, doing it. This is very funny. The conservative New Mexican uh, put this out. It said, candidate Doncopter is twice as popular as Karen Bedoni. I guess the new uh, ratings came in. Please, uh, there's five candidates, so you got to get behind. Paul Pacheco, he's got 36% in the uh, polls. Uh, that libertarian, you should just go ahead and uh, drop out along with uh, Karen Bedoni. I, I said I wasn't going to say her name. Damn it. Damn it. Why did I have to do that? So uh, there you go. Just get rid of her. Um, the libertarian in the Senate race uh, gave Blake Masters a nice little boost, and it was nice to hear uh, Blake Masters on Clay and Buck. This No, no, on Glenn Beck this morning. Uh, Eddie, the White House got fact-checked via Twitter for trying to falsely claim seniors are getting the biggest increase in their Social Security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. That's right. And then did you hear that it was uh, pulled back? They, like, did half a tweet, and they had to explain. I mean, these people are stumbling all over themselves. They're not ready for prime time. Uh, as you can see, the country that you uh, are having run right now is run by a bunch of amateurs. They tried to say a thing like that about uh, Donald Trump. Nothing could be said about that. That man ran it as a professional organization and executed perfectly for one of the best four years uh, that you'll ever see in the history of this country. Uh, no doubt about it. Argue with me all you want. I'll prove you wrong. Tweet was removed after Twitter immediately attributed the increase to as a cost of living adjustment. Nice job, Twitter. Nice to have Elon in control. Maybe that $44 billion will be uh, saving him not only the IRS coming after him, but uh, also uh, keeping some truth out there uh, as well. Real fact-checking that even the most powerful can no longer hide from because of Twitter. I feel a red tsunami coming, starting with freedom of speech. Great new interview. Thank you so much, Danelle. Thanks for checking in. Thank you, Eddie, for having Speaker Gingrich on. Eddie, aren't those people aware that the man who broke into Pelosi's home is a Canadian? Uh, no, he's a legal alien Canadian, right? <laughs> but still call him a right winger. I'm surprised they haven't said Trump did it. Uh, yeah, that would be the type of thing that they try to do. Excellent job with Newt, Eddie. You need to go national with that killer voice. Thanks, Steve. That's very nice of you. Uh, great show, Eddie. Having Newt as a guest was most excellent. I'm going to have to play this again. Well, you guys aren't going to let up. You guys were glad to hear that Newt called it 44 
40, at least 44 is what he says. So we're going to be, uh, that gives us, uh, what, 252, 256, 256 with the current 212. Uh, sorry for doing the reverse four on that math there. 256. Uh, Eddie, your ballot looks exactly mine, like mine. You can see my ballot on Twitter at the rock of talk. You can see my ballot. I voted today. Hope everyone else's looks like that too. Yes. Don't vote for a single Democrat folks. Uh, please don't. Uh, Newt was great. And so were you with your questions voted down the line, Republican rock on Eddie. Thank you. Thank you for voting Republican. I feel something is starting to brew and build and that's important. I'll get a quick reaction. Five fifty fifty five hundred caller in the Kiva. Go ahead. Oh, there he is. There's our guy. Uh, that guy is from the South Valley. Uh, is a guy that I know, and I've reported his number because it comes up on here uh, directly to authorities. You can't harass somebody that is on the air, believe it or not. Uh, nice little thing there. All right, so let's get back to this, uh, shall we? I want to get back to why Joe Biden owes you an apology, okay? No place in America Biden denounces the killing of four Muslims. Tomorrow when he's here, I think he owes the state of New Mexico an apology. Michelle Lujan Grisham, Tim Keller, they all did it. Uh, Melanie Stansberry, they were all very sad about the killing of the uh, the killings that were happening in the Muslim community, but they falsely attributed to right-wingers, and they almost did it immediately. Well, back on the 7th of August of 2022, Joe never pulled back on that. He said he'd denounced the killings of the four Muslim men in the New Mexico State Police that say may be linked to the could be a hate crime, and they put this stuff out. I'm angered and saddened by the horrific killing of our four Muslim men. In Albuquerque, while we await a full investigation, my prayers are with the victims' families. My administration stands strongly with the Muslim community. I believe if he is any sort of leader, if there's anything left in that wisp of a man who's going to be coming to speak tomorrow. 6900 Gonzalez, right? You're going to avoid it. You're not going to go there. If he's going to be accountable at all, he would be good to go ahead and remove that. Okay? Because that's what this whole thing is, is amplifying, playing up my... Nobody cares that you're a minority. Nobody cares that you're a religious minority sect. Nobody cares that you're transgender or homosexual. Unless you told me you're homosexual, I wouldn't know because I wouldn't be interested. Nobody cares. I could gaslight you just like the, the, uh, the rest of these people do, and I did it during the mayor's office. You got, I mean, the mayor's run. You guys saw all that stuff. Now, a man that I interviewed who was here last year, real nice man, his name... Burgess Owens, okay, and uh, you know that I st uh, started out my interview with Newt Greenridge talking about, you know, the three branches, the judicial, the legislative, and the executive, and I started talking about the judicial branch, which we actually own, 6-3, okay, Roe v. Wade, that's out, don't even think about abortion, uh, what are you going to do, go nuclear? <laughs> Joe Biden will be gone before that, that even happens, and Burgess Owens is a black man who is an NFL, what if we had... What if we had affirmative action for the NFL or the NBA, as I mentioned yesterday, right? That, how does that even work? You wouldn't be putting the best and the brightest out there, just like you wouldn't be putting the best and the brightest engineers. You need the best engineers. You need the best attorneys. You need the best doctors. Like, do you want the doctor that barely passed in school to show up in your surgical center because he had connections and you needed to go ahead and get, I don't know, an Asian, Hispanic, a black, uh, I don't know, somebody, I, whatever. Because we had to satisfy. It's like, oh, I'm very lucky that I'm going to have this particular doctor. And you find out that he got a leg up and got into school because he, he had, they had to pass over to meet the requirements. This is just baseline stuff. And you guys all have to pay those doctors the same amount of money, regardless of how well they didn't or they didn't. What do you call a doctor who graduated school? A doctor. No. I want to know that they're board certified, that they're ready to go to town, that they pass things, that they're not hopped up on drugs. I mean, half of these doctors with their you know, laissez-faire approach to 
cannabis are probably stoned, right? And who knows what they're doing half the day that they're out there. I don't trust these doctors. Three quarters of them you see out there, the nurses, they come and see you, or maybe a nurse practitioner will be, and then a doctor will come in and scribble his little name on it. It's like, oh, I'll take credit for that. Okay. When I had my surgery, the last time I had my surgery, I saw my doctor for all of two minutes, and it was everybody else who was performing it. And he basically came in and said, mm-hmm, okay, that's it. I'll sign off on it. And then he got the big money because he signed off on everything because he was responsible. Now, I will say one thing. We aren't attracting doctors. We're enabling you know, these uh, malpractice suits to really kind of get going here in the state of New Mexico, and that needs to stop so we can attract better doctors. But the doctors are paid better everywhere else. That's why so many of you who get sick, it's why you go to Arizona or Texas or Minnesota or New York or, or Los Angeles, wherever you can find the best and brightest doctors is why you do it. Here's Burgess Owens on talking about, well, affirmative action. Because in the judicial, they're starting to remove this, and this is a good thing. Take a listen. And Burgess Owens joins us now. And, sir, it's good to have you on again. I, I want to get just your take. As a black man, what are your thoughts on this case and on affirmative action? Uh, well, first of all, thanks, Rob. Thanks so much. Uh, sure. I'm so excited to be here during this time. Uh, this is the last last piece of systemic racism that came from the old school, the days in which uh, people were looked at, their intelligence looked at based on their intelligence, uh, based on their skin color. And this is something we've been dealing with quite a while. Keep, keep in mind with affirmative action, you never think of affirmative action when it comes down to physical proudness. When was the last time you said, well, we're going to get, uh, we're going to, we're going to make sure that uh, uh, the, 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 the basketball player is, is a white guy or is a black guy because of how, how well they do. It's only in the, in the area of, of intelligence. And it's been going on way too long. And what it does, it, it, it's a demeaning process, but what they're saying, in essence, black people and this is where it all started. Black people cannot cannot compete. We do not have. There you go. Isn't that a form of racism right there to say that they need a leg up and a hand out and a hand up to go ahead and, and get something accomplished? It's absolutely ridiculous. I agree with Burgess. We'll pick it up there after we return here at the bottom of the hour. Check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande here in four minutes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. crush right uh, who is your favorite friend i actually was a phoebe fan believe it or not uh, the the dorky blonde that worked for me happy birthday to uh, david schwimmer that's right schwimmer i saw david schwimmer he was uh what was he i think he was the captain of the endymion back in 1995 at uh, of course that would be Party Gras, for those of you who know all of those, right? There's Bacchus and Dimi and all that. Um, that's the. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was a long time ago, back in 1995. Uh, yeah, uh, David Schwimmer. There he is, uh, all of 28 years of age. Uh, and he's wondering if anyone else has had this happen. My son's brother in law, registered Republican, voted in midterms, tried voting yesterday. He was told his voter registration is inactive. By the way, every single person who was processing at Daskalo Center all had masks on. And they were all registered Dem. I walked across each one. Every person who was processing was a Democrat. Okay. I voted anyway. I didn't even bother looking. I just did the whole entire thing. Okay. Polling place told him he could not re-register until voting day. Then he could vote that day. Shenanigans. 
I don't know the laws on that. Anybody want to text in? Let me know so I could read what it is. I don't know that nothing has changed in his life since voting in the midterms that would warrant his registration status to change. So that is very interesting. Burgess Owens, affirmative action, soft bigotry of low expectations. There it is. Bingo, bango, bongo. No matter the situation, there's always a question of that person who benefits from affirmative action. Do they get the benefit because they earned it or fulfilled a quota? This is true throughout the nuclear weapons programs as well. Casey, Peter, Casey Peterson uh, from your station at 8 knows firsthand. You know, I mentioned him yesterday in talking about that. Let's pick it up uh, with more uh, Burgess Owens. I should also note here on this day, you can get it all at rockoftalk.news since the rates went up 0.75%. Five years ago, everything's vertically integrated. And there's always something that references something that's happening today. Well, five years ago, President Donald Trump tapped Jerome Powell to replace Janet Yellen as Federal Reserve Chair at the end of her term in February. And he had, uh, since he had such a war going on, there's a good link to that. And, you know, it wasn't exactly fair. The economy was doing well. You didn't need to increase interest rates during that time. Barack Obama didn't have one interest rate increase the entire time. And as soon as Donald Trump got in office, they started jacking up the interest rates. That's the way it goes, right? When you're on the other side, let's not forget who those big uh, government people are. Ah, they aren't Burgess Owens. Uh, take a listen. Let's continue with the bigotry, soft bigotry of low expectations. Right. The, the intelligence to be part of this process, meritocracy. So they're going to give you a 50-yard head start. And at some point, it begins to wear down in terms of the confidence people have in themselves yes. and whether they can compete or not. It's exactly right. I mean, it's it's so it's like so many other things you see that trying to do with these people. I think they, they think they're trying to do the right thing and they're doing far more harm than anything else. And I don't think liberals can comprehend that it works like that. But the way you put it, I don't know how anybody couldn't see it because that makes perfect sense. Nicole Hannah Jones, a 1619 project. You know, who she is. She's in a frenzy over this. She says affirmative action was established not as a general cure for disadvantage and certainly not for diversity, but to eliminate, as the 13th Amendment requires, the badges and incidents of slavery. She's alleging that without affirmative action, the impact of slavery will still be felt in the black community. How do you respond to that? Well, I, I respond with it by some truths, by some history. You see, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, the black community led our country to growth in middle class, men matriculated from college, men committed to marriage, yep. and percentage of entrepreneurs. So no, we were successful. Uh, and if people like this, she's a true elitist, she's a Marxist elitist, and they're the ones that benefit the most out of, out of affirmative action. When you take a look at who gets the promotions, it's always a small group of people who don't mind taking the promotions, taking the, the growth, as the rest of their race continues to go down in the wrong direction. Uh, this whole affirmative right. action uh, is, is a demeaning process of looking at our, at our race. And, uh, and people like that are the ones who benefit from it, to say the least. I mean, the, the, the... I don't know about you, but I like this. I like that this conversation is happening. I just didn't expect it now. Sort of a weird time for this to be jumping in. And, you know, I don't think that the Supreme Court is being very activist. But given, and let me just say this, since Clarence Thomas is more or less directing everything, John Roberts is not. And you got that by reading the articles that I had yesterday in the rockoftalk.news. Subscribe five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, or of course, uh, 16 cents a day. You have that article that tells you who's running. And I think that this is a lot of pushback for what happened with uh, Roe v. Wade. That information was leaked. 
And I think the Supreme Court feels antagonized when you violate that trust. And these are some of the people who operate at the highest level of ethics and morals and literally have the good consciousness of what's left of our country, constitutional, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, interpreting it down to the letter of the law. That is what they do. That's their interpretation of this conservative court led by Clarence Thomas, who's now, uh, as of two days ago, been there 31 years. So now, as we evaluate this, the timing of this comes out at a time when we're all getting elected and it's not leading into any big push from the Democrats. The Democrats, instead of going with this and using this to push back with Roe v. Wade and affirmative action, which have been hallmarks of the Democrat Party, what have they done instead? They decided to go ahead and kowtow to Nancy Pelosi and her husband and what happened at their home. That is really low-hanging fruit, stuff that is very questionable. This is not. This is like a, you know, a steadfast sort of principle, despite the fact that a small minority, 53 to 47% of Democrats, believe in affirmative action. But we have the logical argument as well as the Constitution. So while they slept, while they lost the midterms, they also lost affirmative action, which is going to get overturned. Let's uh, wrap it up, Burgess. Pro the problem is clear, and you and I have had this conversation before. It's, it's a problem in the community. It's a problem with the way kids are raised. It's a problem with engaging in school and making sure that it's, it's a community issue. It's, it's very clear. You, you point back to 50 years ago in this country, black Americans were doing better than they are now. How can that is true from a familial standpoint in terms of the nuclear family, in terms of uh, being able to do things on their own. Now everything has turned into a handout for minority communities, including the black community. Like they feel they can't do it unless they're getting some sort of advantage. We've even taken that argument so far that it's turned into reparations. Within that same frame of time, We've gone from talking about reparations last year to removing affirmative action. Just understand how long that distance is. That's been traveled in one year without the help whatsoever of Donald Trump. Just by running the Supreme Court, the judicial branch, folks, this is a victory. If we can get affirmative action removed, boy, the sky's the limit as to what else that we might be able to go ahead and undo of all the damage and injustice that has been done. When we want a level playing field, we want that everywhere. There should be no advantages at this particular point, especially in the 21st century, which we had thought we had left, you know, racism and the rest of that stuff behind back in the mid 90s at the latest. I think really, if you look back, you can go back all the way to the late 70s and say, yeah, we dealt with racism. We know where we're at. We have made uh, uh, strides and leaps and bounds. But back in 2013, they reduced uh, you know, Trayvon Martin, oh, that could be my son, oh, we, the, the racial politics, because they had to go ahead and get control. And they made you feel guilty for the last eight years since Trayvon Martin. That's what they've done. They've created this mode, and now you've seen all this stuff. God shows you everything. BLM has absolutely imploded. These people, the four people, are going to get prosecuted for these things, and it leaves these arguments out there. And who's leading it? A black justice who grew up in the South, who is a Malcolm X sympathizer. His name, Clarence Thomas. Can anybody well, deny that? And Rob, can I say this? Uh, it's, it's, it's when it gets to the point where the race begins to see its meritocracy as being a white thing. We actually have black Americans. If, if you are, if you are, uh, if you have discipline, if you're respectful, if you know how to speak very good, good English, if you're thinking and you are looked at as, as acting white. This is the way it's gone now. In other yeah. words, uh, they so if you have any of these traits, you're automatically acting white, as Burgess said. That's not acting white. You're not Uncle Tom. You're just doing better for yourself.
We have decorum. We have ways about uh, 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 advancing our causes. Manners go a long way for all of this. Actually helped to to uh, demean our, my race and, and, and people within our community uh, think a lot less of what, it, what we can accomplish. So we need to get rid of this. Focus on meritocracy. It's the content of our character, not the color of our skin. We Whoa, Martin Luther King breaking it out right there. Way to, uh, way to go, uh, Burgess. Now, I, I do want to kind of take the next step of all this because the next onus is, has been put on these employers. And you heard yesterday, Southwest Airlines, you know, they're going after their own, they're writing in the handbook, you sign away the policy, and suddenly you're subject to the very thing that you sign up. It's like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. I, 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 don't, I don't have freedom of religion in my own thing. I don't want to go ahead and take the vax, or I don't want to do this because my religion doesn't allow me to. You no longer have those freedoms. That's the bad part of it. The other part of it is there's these other companies that are being forced, right, to meet quotas, but they're also forced to do things Lobby Lobby pushed back against that we will not uh, supply these things that is not covered under health care. Abortions are not covered in health care. Well, now you've got multiple companies out there doing transgender inclusive benefits. Are my employer's benefits inclusive? And there's a whole handbook that I passed out by the ha Human Rights Campaign that they are advancing this cause. It's time that you stop this, folks. The insanity has to stop at some point. Back in three minutes here in the Kiva. Move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of beans. Then along come two. They got nothing but the genes. They got different strokes and things. Different strokes and things. Different strokes to move the world. Different strokes and things. Different strokes to move the world. Gary Coleman, there he is. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Different stroke. Danny Cooksey, 47 today. He's the little blonde hair freckle kid that you all forgot about. Uh, just wanted to remind you that he was also there. See, you got to count them all different ways. <laughs> Speaking of affirmative action, uh, had to meet the, uh, that was uh, right. They had uh, uh, Drummond, uh, Peter, what, what? I don't even remember their names. Just, it's been so long. We're getting old folks. Uh, there it is. Uh, uh, 550, 5500 also on this day. Uh, authorities in Los Angeles and New York said they had opened investigations prompted by sexual misconduct allegations against Harvey Weinstein. Twitter reported that a customer support worker on his or her last day of the job had deactivated President Donald Trump's account on this day five years ago for a few minutes, 11 minutes to be exact, resulting in an error message that the user, quote unquote, does not exist. I've got uh, myself a humdinger right there. This coming in. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez writes to Twitter today. LMAO at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that quote unquote free speech is actually an $8 a month subscription plan that had 414,000 loves. It was retweeted 57,100 times and it had 39,700 responses, but it missed this response from the CEO and new owner of Twitter. Your feedback is appreciated. Now pay me eight bucks. <laughs> there it is. You got a new captain there just cleaning house, throw it out with the old, in with the new. He walks in with the kitchen sink. Uh, there's some things that uh, I have to say are pretty, pretty good about uh, Elon Musk. Uh, he was forced into the buy, jump on board. 
Uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're, if people are participating, I remember I said that he wasn't going to end up acquiring it. He was forced into acquiring it. Uh, all you have to do is uh, read the Rock of Talk that news from a couple of days ago. Social Security increases by 8.5% next year from the SSA. That's from Murder Mike. He's counting on his Social Security, I do believe. Um, there it is. So, okay. So I want to wrap this affirmative action conversation up as I was dipping into um, transgenderism and forcing employers to provide things that are sort of beyond the pale unnecessarily, right? I mean, this is an elective surgery. Transgender surgery isn't necessary. Is it medically necessary? Uh, they're now doing transgender surgery on children who don't have the uh, ability to go ahead and make that decision on their own because their brains aren't fully formed. They're getting it uh, when they're eight, nine, 10 years of age at uh, Boston uh, Hospital where our CDC Olinsky is from, folks. That's what they're doing. It is child abuse. It is child abuse. Understand that, okay? And it's not very popular with Democrats or Republicans. But here's the thing. It's sort of like when they told you that you're not allowed to bring peanut butter into the schoolroom. Then all of a sudden, nobody could have peanut butter sandwiches anymore at the school, right? It's that whole idea of, well, one person can't do it, so the rest, everybody else can't do it. Now it's, it's the same logic going the other way, right? One person can get it done, so now... All employers are forced to go ahead and provide that type of thing. It's not the right. It's, it's not the same thing. Or hey, we're only going to have gluten free. So now all the rest of the kids have to suffer because they don't eat gluten free. But suddenly the one person has to prepare a meal for everybody else that is gluten free. But it's generally only for one person. Okay, it's not popular. It doesn't sort of go over very well. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, who I had in my first hour, challenged President Joe Biden on Sunday over his gender obsessions. Love this. Slamming his decision to invite a transgender activist to the White House as a nation stumbles under the triple loads of rising crime levels, chaos at the southern border, and inflation. They're not bad for Fox News. The former Republican congressman said the upcoming midterm elections have been doomed for Democrats. You remember he predicted 20 to 60, 44 definitely by Biden's focus on gender-affirming care for juveniles as a host of other process, pressing issues that demanded attention. Now, he's right, because I think for Democrats and Republicans, this all sort of, you know, pales in comparison. President professed to embracing a gender-affirming care at the meeting, saying he does not believe any state should have the right to pass laws, limiting access to transgender treatments before asking Mulvaney for support. Okay, that's what he's trying to do. Biden signed an executive order giving sweeping rights to men and women who want to live as the opposite biological sex. That was one of the first things he did in office. When did he sign that in? The day after he got into office, January 22nd of 2021. So, you know, we're, we're considered progressive. Have we advanced this? And just to sort of prove to you that it's not very popular, despite being dominated in the bluest of states, our high school sports teams here in New Mexico, particularly Albuquerque, right? When it comes to transgender participation, according to James Yotus, journal staff writer of the Albuquerque Journal, 19 states, 40% of the country have or will implemented laws prohibiting or limiting the participation of sports by transgender high school student athletes. Transgender sports, da da da, although the Department of Education a year ago held that Title IX should protect gay and transgender athletes and afford them an opportunity to compete, that has not stopped many states from powering forward to exclude them from doing precisely that. While New Mexico has not been entirely immune to the ideological tug of war, the state by and large has remained out of the fray and they have not advanced it. 
Can't predict the future, says Sally Marquez. Marquez. The New Mexico Association, Activity Association, Job is Association is and was to make sure we have a level playing field across the state. We will continue to make sure that is what occurs in New Mexico. Now, just take that frame of mind for a second. What does that mean, have a level playing field? Isn't that the antithesis of what's exactly been happening, like at the University of Pennsylvania, where the male swimmer became a female swimmer, broke all the records? Was that a very level playing field for female athletes? What about just keeping female sports female? Language on the books of the New Mexico Activity Association devotes just a single sentence. That's right, because it's not popular, because it doesn't work, and it's unfair, and it's weird, right? It's weird. That's what I always tell my kids. I never say something is good or bad. I say I'm uncomfortable with something and I call it weird. And then it becomes a discussion. Use that in your own life if you like. It really works. If you don't want to condemn what your kids are doing and you want them to learn, the best way to teach them, trust me on this, is to call something weird. Make them uncomfortable. Make them question what it is so that you can go through the thought process of how we arrived at that conclusion. Don't say those things. Don't do that. Don't, you're not, you shouldn't do that because, I don't know, it just feels weird. I don't say you shouldn't do it. I say, that, that's weird. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. That feels weird, right? Language in the books of the New Mexico Activity Association devotes just a single sentence, section 6.1 of its handbook to the topic of transgender athletes. That's right. It has not been discussed. Yet the Democrats want to make this an election year issue, and it's going to go nowhere. Here's a sentence. Participating students are required to compete in the gender listed on their original or amended birth certificate, as it should be, period, the end. In the bluest of states and the most progressive of places, the New Mexico Activity Association has failed to embrace one of the uh, championing things that says that we're going to level the playing field. So, folks, the question is, the third one of the day, should companies hire based upon race? No, ever, not ever. Or provide non-traditional health care? No, never, not ever. Will they be required to be? Likely. Is that unfair to the companies? Absolutely. Is it an elective surgery or is it something that is medically necessary? Well, I guess you'd have to go ahead and suffer from some sort of gender dysphoria to go ahead and make that assessment, right? That's not me passing judgment. It's just somebody who hasn't experienced it. In fact, it's just weird. So that's about the best I can say it. And so until we clarify exactly what it is and somebody can go ahead and prove to me without a shadow of a doubt exactly that it's medical necessary, not one company should have to provide it. 550-5500. Caller, you're in the Kiva very quickly. Go ahead. Oh, there we are. I love this guy. This guy just loves getting through. There's no way to block him. He'll just continue to call in. So I'm not going to take any phone calls because I'm fine. I don't actually have to take any phone calls. Uh, as you know, I can talk for hours and hours. In our next hour, I guess I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring in uh, the new Gingrich to wrap up the show. If you want to hear my uh, conversation with wrap, uh, wrap up the show, we could do it that way. Or I could kick it off at 6 p.m. Uh, sharp. Do you want me to go ahead and do that? Do a, a two minutes of news, and then you guys want to go straight into traffic. And then at 6.03, I'll bring in that conversation with Newt Gingrich. Do you guys want to do that? Uh, you guys text me the first five texters, 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Also, will be covering Jim Cramer talking about uh, a propagandist. Did he say that out loud? It's what the country needs if you're going to go ahead and get people to change their mind on vaccination. Also, get in a conversation uh, between Fetterman and Don Lemon, or Lemon, now their morning guy at CNN. And then J.D. Vance, and this is the biggest thing, and AOC is already feeling this, Big tech is the biggest threat to U.S. democracy. We'll also talk about the U.S. cybersecurity head stating, and I quote, 
There will be errors and glitches during the midterms with the voting systems. Text in 550-5500. Let me know what you want me to do. Also, election clerks in New Mexico are besieged by false claims. An NPR report uh, coming out. And uh, the triple vaccinated make up 91% of all deaths. Back after the top of the hour news. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. I have someone who needs me, someone I've needed so long. For once unafraid, I can go where life leads me. Somehow I know I'll be strong. For once I can touch what my heart used to dream of. AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. I'm joined by uh, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. You guys are all too familiar with him. And, of course, you see him. He ran for back in 2012. But the thing that I remember him most is, of course, the contract with America. It seems like we're having a new contract with America. Uh, welcome into the queue, Newt Gingrich, and into Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks so much for being here. Well, listen, I'm, I'm delighted to be there to talk with you. And uh, I do think that Kevin McCarthy's um, commitment to America, which people can see at Commitment to America, America.com is in many ways very parallel to what we did uh, and is uh, a remarkable document. If you go to commitmenttoamerica.com, you'll see over 150 specific positive proposals to try to get America back working again. It's nice to have structure since we've been sort of uh, floating on all the way. And we're going to go back a little ways just because we just celebrated uh, 31 years, actually, since Clarence Thomas has been brought in. We're going to get to the legislative and the races and all that stuff that's very important. And uh, McCarthy is doing a great job. And I'm glad that you're helping guide all of that. I've seen uh, you plenty of times on uh, Fox News uh, as well. But going back to judicial stuff, and we're now talking about some of that, uh, you know, heritage. Here's a man who didn't speak a word on the uh, bench for 10 years, Newt. And uh, here we are talking about affirmative action. Now, uh, this is kind of important. The uh, Supreme Court's really sort of taking over, and that's sort of the the thing that we control 6-3 from what it looks like. But you, of course, addressed it on your transgender note uh, directly to Joe Biden over the weekend. And that's kind of seen where those two sort of converge and come together. Give me your thoughts on uh, sort of the, uh, the heritage and the strength of that that we have right now with the Supreme Court. Well, I, look, I think the one of the things which will make Trump a very consequential president is the Supreme Court that he left. As he appointed three constitutional conservatives or nominated and the Senate confirmed three constitutional conservatives. That meant that for the first time since the early 1930s, you have a conservative court and it is reverting to actually enforcing the Constitution, doing exactly what former Justice Sirica uh, used to, to call for us to do. And and uh, I think that it's really, really an important thing to remember that um, we are dealing with a liberal worldview, which wanted to rewrite the Constitution, uh, disrespects the Declaration of Independence, uh, and uh, basically would change America in dramatic ways. We saw what happened with Justice Kavanaugh over the summer, the threats to his life, and now we're seeing the Democrats uh, sort of utilizing this in the one-off uh, thing that happened over the past weekend with uh, Paul Pelosi, husband to uh, Nancy Pelosi here, and trying to change the two uh, things that we're running on, really, it's crime and economy. Now, inflation, you just got the three-quarter bump uh, just about an hour and a half ago uh, earlier today, and that is uh, going to have some consequences. But I know that you're big on these uh, predictions, and we're going to sort of start there. We know that that's the two-prong approach. No no need to really kind of uh, beat that down. But your thoughts for the Senate, which seem to be sort of hit or miss. We've heard 50-50, the plus one, which it currently is. Uh, we've heard as high as 55-45. 
Governor Scott has uh, put that out there. Where do you see it? Why do you see it? And what are going to be the tough races in uh, your mind? Well, I, I think that it's important to recognize that when you have the current crisis in the cost of living, whether it's buying food or buying gasoline or buying heating oil or in the uh, very real problem now that we may be on the edge of running out of diesel fuel, which would be a disaster people haven't even begun to think about because mm-hmm. it, so much of what the country depends on is delivered by trucks who use diesel. Um, and uh, you then have the problem of crime. We have the worst crime we've had in at least, I would say, 40 years or more. Um, and we have a border wide open with cartels and fentanyl and human trafficking. Uh, you have uh, schools that have been teaching radicalism. And one of the side effects of the COVID school closings was people began to learn what was being taught their children, and they were just appalled. And all over the country, I hear from people who are so angry at the way the schools have uh, gone from educating to indoctrinating, and they've gone from teaching people to think to brainwashing. Uh, and so all of these things are swirling together. Uh, there's a Wall Street Journal report out yesterday that uh, women in the suburbs have moved 27 percent from Democrat to Republican since August. And I think it's the combination of crime and inflation and radicalism in the schools. So uh, I think these things are all moving. The reason I I give you that as background, because if that's what's happening, it's happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that puts New Hampshire in play where General Baldock, I think, probably is going to beat Maggie Hassan. Wow, that's big. Uh, it, it, it uh, probably puts uh, Pennsylvania in play where I think Oz is going to beat Fetterman because Fetterman has been the most pro-criminal uh, statewide official in the country. Uh, literally voted to re- release 25 murderers when nobody else on the five-person board would vote with him at all. Uh, you're, you're almost certainly, I think, uh, going to end up uh, winning Arizona where yeah. Mark Kelly has uh, wow. failed to uh, develop. You know, he's failed to fight to, to control the border. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue in Arizona. I think you're going to see um, Adam Laxalt, who the former attorney general, yeah. win the Senate seat in Nevada. And son of uh, Pete Domenici uh, here in our state of New Mexico, which who, of course, you knew was one of your colleagues. Oh, yeah. Pete was a great human being. Um, I would say also that uh, there's a real shot that Tiffany Smiley is going to win in Washington state. She's certainly within striking distance. And people are very, very tired of her opponent who's been there over 30 years. Uh, and finally, in Georgia, I think that uh, Herschel Walker is just uh, going to beat Warnock, uh, mm-hmm. the Democratic senator. Uh, and uh, Herschel is, is, is a remarkable competitor and has gone all out and uh, has had a very good run. So I know that's uh, uh, very close to you, too, the Georgia race uh, being uh, from there, not to mention that's where you taught. But uh, will that go to a runoff speaker? It might. I have a hunch it's not going to, but some of my close friends think it is. I just have a hunch in the end that, that uh, Walker's going to win by a bigger, by more than 50 percent. Let's go to he, the he's, he's, a, he's ahead now in the most recent poll, 47, 46. But the governor is doing very well, and the governor is now campaigning with him. Uh, and on the other side, Stacey Abrams is collapsing and yeah. behaving more and more idiotically. I mean, it's a, it's astonishing the things that state, she's she's grown desperate, and as a result, uh, she is saying and doing things that just make no sense at all. Absolutely, she's been doing that uh, for as long as she's been around as well. Uh, we're with Speaker Newt Gingrich. Uh, he is giving us his insights, and we're going to drill down here to New Mexico very quickly because there's some blue state bleed over that's coming in, turning New York, Michigan, of course. Uh, 
uh, the uh, Oregon as well. But before we get to get uh, to that, let's get to the house. Uh, what is your forecast for that? You can just give us hard numbers and uh, give us a sure. couple of surprises if you would. Well, somewhere between plus 20 and plus 60. Uh, the, most, <laughs> the, most, the, the most likely number is 44. 44. Okay. I like that. That uh, sounds real good. That puts us, uh, I'm, I'm pushing it at uh, 227, 208, but I think you're thinking even higher. And we're looking at the president's uh, ratings right now. Uh, this actually just coming out of Gallup this morning, presidential job approval and seat change in midterm election years. Uh, this could be one of the most formidable ones, given that he is at 40, which is second lowest of all the time. Hasn't been that bad since 2006 with George W. Bush, who uh, went negative 30 on that. Trump went negative 40 in, in uh, 2018. And it looks like Obama, as you know, back in 2010, right before he ran for president, went negative 63. So uh, that's a, a good estimate right there at negative 44. We're going to stick with that. And that looks good. Let's go to those gubernatorial races. Uh, New York's got to be surprising to you. Michigan, no surprise to you. I know you're happy with uh, Tudor Dixon. Uh, but hey, look at what Carrie Lake is doing, uh, taking the national helm. Your thoughts overall in a way that that sort of uh, changes the overall composition? Well, well, again, I mean, I mean, I've been watching Lee Zeldin, for example, in New York. And when Hochul and, and their and their debate said, you know, what, why, why do you want me to talk about locking up prisoners? Why does it matter to you? Uh, well, if you lived in New York and you looked at the amount of violence and carjacking and rapes and murders, uh, you'd know, you know, you'd think, Governor, don't you understand how bad this has gotten? Uh, and I think that this, this, to me, it's no accident. In addition, there's one particular school issue which which affects about a million Orthodox Jews, uh, and the left wants to basically force them to accept cultural left-wing ideas in their schools. And Zeldin was the one guy who stood up and fought for them. So I think uh, he has a lot of things going his way right now in New York, in addition to the general wave of anti-Democrat, anti-Biden mood that is building. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think you see something similar. I think Ranchetti's now much closer closer than people thought. Uh, he'd be in terms of the governor's race in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Carrie Lake is clearly going to win in Arizona. She she may be the most impressive single candidate in the country right now. I agree. Yeah, her, her ability to just, uh, just actually decimate the media in those uh, quick hits that she's uh, mic'd up for that stuff is uh, absolutely viral right now. Thanks for mentioning New Mexico. And I just want to spend the last three minutes talking very quickly. Former DGA head Michelle Lujan Grisham, we were the lockdown kings, or in her case, the queen. Uh, of this country. Uh, we are highly dependent upon the federal government. In fact, Joe Biden uh, himself is coming in here tomorrow uh, about noontime to go ahead and uh, stump. I'm surprisingly there. We know Hillary's back out on the stumping, uh, even on media. We know Obama went out last week, uh, all sorts of ridiculousness. But, uh, you know, he's approaching a lot of safe places. So give me your thoughts. This would be the last state to flip, uh, Speaker Gingrich. Uh, well, look, I, here's, here's the problem they have. Okay. You bring in Obama, Hillary, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, you remind everyone that this is a national election, uh, you know, they don't lower the price of gasoline. They don't lower the price of food. They don't solve the problem of crime. Uh, they just go around and, and, and give speeches. And so I, I don't think it's, you know, you know, if I were a candidate on the Democratic Party side, I wouldn't want Joe Biden to come in. All right. You know, and, and frankly, Hillary Clinton lost in 16 because she's just not likable. Mm hmm. So having Hillary come by to lecture you may not be the best way to, to develop things. I, you know, I, I develop a lot of these ideas in a podcast I do uh, called Newt's World, and, and we do three a week that are free. And we do them to, 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 because I think what the country needs is a collection of positive ideas of solutions that will help us get the country back on track again. And uh, we've got to make this country work again. And I think that's a very, very important way to think about the near future. It's not about just defeating bad people. It's about defeating bad ideas and then replacing them 
with better ideas. And that's what you've been doing for a long time. You gave proper kudos to uh, Speaker McCarthy now as well. Uh, very quickly, we've got Mark Ronchetti. We've got a high level of quality candidates. He's a former news person, just like Kerry Lake is. He won his debates uh, outright, but he is up against a Democratic blue wall here in our state. You know, uh, if we could go ahead and turn the state of New Mexico, what's it going to take in your eyes being the last state going from blue to red here in this uh, all-important midterms? Your thoughts? It's real simple. Go to the grocery store and ask people if they like what they're paying, and then go to the gas station and ask people if they like what they're paying. It's a big state. People have to drive long distances, and it gets more and more expensive the longer the left is in charge. One more time, your podcast, so we can go ahead and get it out to all the people it's, here it's, in New Mexico. Well, it's, it's called Newt's World. Newt's World, there it is. Speaker Gingrich, thank you so much, Newt, for taking the time with us here in New Mexico. Ready to do it. We'll take a quick break. Back in three minutes with a check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande. Six eighteen here in the Kiva, a little oak and fold with uh, ready steady go. Uh, that was uh, actually basing that on the uh, Dion song, and then uh, I was like, I love oak and fold. Uh, you all like Vegas and partying and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you like Oakenfold. I think he is in residence uh, during the summers uh, over at MGM uh, Grand. Uh, also on this day, this is the uh, the day of divorce, November 2nd. Uh, Mick and Bianca Jagger divorced. They married in 1971. As I mentioned to you earlier, Rod Stewart's divorce from Rachel Hunter became final in 2006. Let's go around the horn with our birthdays for today. As we already uh, stated, David Schwer is, uh, I don't know why I say it like that. It's maybe, is it funny to me? Uh, 56 years of age, uh, Wisconsin governor, Scott Walker, 55 years of age, I, young, right? He's accomplished a lot. Uh, plus he, uh, withstood two impeachments or recall elections. As I mentioned to you, Danny Cooksey, 47 and the, uh, artist known as Nelly. You might uh, know him. I've got a good song coming up. My favorite from Nelly, uh, 48 years of age. Also happy birthday to one Pat Buchanan, uh, who is 84 years old today. The, uh, opposite of uh, Nelly at 48. So today's poll question, the Rock of Talk, uh, asks presidential job approval and seat change in midterm election years. Biden, the second lowest of all time at 40%. Uh, you just heard Newt Gingrich. Uh, that was the replay from the first hour. And uh, Newt Gingrich uh, figuring it somewhere between 20 and 60, but putting it at 44. So that's uh, pretty exciting. I uh, don't think I'll be taking any phone calls because I can't trust the phone lines. We have idiots uh, who like to interrupt, uh, which is why I can talk for three hours straight. I've learned this and they've trained me uh, for all that. How many seats do the Democrats lose in the House? Minus 10, minus 15, minus 20, minus 25, minus 30. All right there. So if you want to text me ahead of time, let me know that you're calling. I might pick up the phone. Your questions uh, of the day, folks, here for this third hour. We've already answered, will New York be won by Republicans due to the crime? And more importantly, will New Mexico be won by Republicans due to the crime? As long as we stay on topic, uh, I think we can definitely uh, get it done, uh, folks. Uh, New York and New Mexico will be won by Republicans. I know we've had Harrell win. It looks good for Mark Ronchetti, but you've got to show up. A lot of good feedback coming in. One from my friend Kev, uh, who says, Great interview, Eddie, on Newt, on my way to vote now. That's what we need. I need to motivate you and get you out so that you don't feel down. Oh, my vote doesn't count. I don't care anymore. I'm going to pick up and leave the state. No, let's get rid of the apathy. Let's get your 
asses to the polls, uh, shall we? The asses for the masses of people who are going to be there. Uh, also, uh, why are leftists claiming violence when they are doing it? Because they have to project it and they have to change it. They have nothing else to run on. You got everybody from Hillary Clinton to the Antifa leftist, and uh, it's what they do, folks. And uh, third, should companies hire based on race or provide non-traditional health care? They shouldn't hire on race, and they should not be providing non-traditional health care uh, whatever's covered, and then there's the additional extras. They're making a requirement for some companies to go ahead and provide that. So let's get to vaccine, uh, shall we? When are the politicians going to understand the dangers of vaccine? And I've got an alarming uh, report here. This one coming out of Britain, and uh, this was uh, sent to me by way of Twitter. If you want to find me on Twitter, see how I voted at the Rock of Talk, T-H-E-R-O-C-K-O-F-T-A-L-K, if you want to go ahead and uh, check that out. And this all emanated from something coming out of uh, Jim Cramer. And I think he's sick of it. Like, you're working in media for a long period of time, and you inevitably get tired of the misinformation that's being peddled by your employer. This uh, Jim Cramer is certainly on his way out. He does not want to be part of a downturn. I think he's looking to go ahead and ruffle some feathers. He believes what he believes, but we don't always get what he believes because he's got a job to maintain and tow the company line and please all of the various advertisers that are out there. This is Jim Cramer yesterday on CNBC. And uh, did he really just say that out loud? And, and they got to deal with, what do you do if you told people the way to beat this is no vaccine, right. and now you have a vaccine. So I think what you need is a propagandist. What? Outside of the state infrastructure. Exactly. To start moving political right. opinion. But I think when we think of propaganda, we think about other regimes that we didn't really appreciate. All right, listen very carefully in the midst of all that music, okay? I know it's hard to sort of decipher and separate his voice from that music. The music is pumped a little bit too high. Uh, to sort of puncture through, but listen to him once again more closely, okay? Unverified post of zero COVID exit plan targeting March 2023. How do you get there? Jim Cramer says what America needs is a propagandist. One more time, Cramer. And, and they got to deal with, what do you do if you told people the way to beat this is no vaccine? And now you have a vaccine, so I think what you need is a propagandist. Outside of the state infrastructure, exactly. to start moving political opinion. But I think when we think of propaganda, we think about other regimes that we didn't really appreciate. You might be silent. I am silent. I'm just thinking about those poor people stuck at Disney, Shanghai Disney for... It's a, I mean, it's the worst places to be stuck, but still. Chief, it's a real small world after all. <laughs> I'm sick of my job. Fire me now. Give me my uh, golden parachute. Kramer's done. He's done. He wants out. He's like, I'm sick of this uh, stuff that they're peddling. We know that those people who are not vaccinated are the people who stand the best chance against COVID. Yet every leader, every person out there has been pushing out the wrong information. Why? Well, the bottom line of Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, you know, Moderna, all the biggest IPO in history is Moderna. You guys, of course, uh, know that because you've heard it right here on this uh, program. So Daily Caller wrote about this, and uh, I don't know when the politicians are going to understand the dangers of vaccine. Maybe when they die. Maybe when someone close to them dies. Have you noticed none of the politicians ever lose somebody close to them? They don't have any personal stories. It's also because the number of times that you see them taking the vaccination, they're not really taking it because the needle never really enters their arm because there's no fluid in the vial because there's how many instances where you've seen these 
quote-unquote politicians who say that they're vaxxed, but they're actually not. Yeah, folks. Conspiracy theory, I think not. It is real. You should say something. Jim Cramer talks about this, and I think it was one of those you know, times where you're just shaking your head. I can't believe that he just went there with all this stuff. You need a propagandist. Okay, so let's get to this uh, propagandist uh, piece, shall we? And when Tucker and his team at Daily Caller note this, it's something to pay attention to. Okay, Squawk on the Street is the name of the program. He says, what is even better is homegrown mRNA, which I'm told they managed to get the intellectual property, stole it, which is good. And I say good because it's better to have mRNA than not, Kramer said, referring to China's response to COVID-19. Let's just say they appropriate it. What do you do if they tell people the way to beat it is no vaccine and now you have a vaccine? So I think what you need is a propagandist. Kramer then doubled down. But I think when we think of propaganda, we think about other regimes that we didn't really appreciate, said Kramer leaving the other panelists speechless. This was extensive. The woman who was on screen, and if you have yet to see some of the viral videos that are coming out where they're literally dragging people by their hair, by their hands, if they think that they're infected, it is violent. You should see how the government is treating its citizens, folks. It's, it's really something, something to see, okay? Kramer's comments come in the wake of China going into full lockdown in the Shanghai Disneyland Saturday following cases of COVID trapping visitors inside. Anise Yoon, Eunice Yoon, write the name. I want to go back over the person that's in charge of this, Kramer said to her. The chief propagandist is something we don't have in our own country. They had it in the Soviet Union. Isn't it odd that you have the person meant to spin things in charge? The chief propagandist lies like hell. That's why they do it for a living. Why don't they have a real person say this? Republicans on the United States Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions released a report Friday finding that China covered up the origins of the virus that causes COVID-19. That is just coming out. They're getting exposed. The CCCP in China. Okay. Now, let's get to it, uh, shall we? Here is the numbers. Read them and weep. I guess this was a longer uh, segment from Yoon. Let's see a couple of words from her. Uh, read the papers and whatnot. But, you know, it's, 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 it's permeates everything. And so because of that, it's, it's, it's a political place. So you not only need to be able to champion your own technology. And with President Xi, you know, this whole, you know, he's very nationalistic. This whole messaging since the 20th Party Congress has been about how China is so successful. We don't need those foreigners. And in fact, this propagandist, he's written a couple of books where he's been very anti-American and he's been uh, trying to market and messaging quite, quite often that China, Chinese youth are too American, that they've been too westernized and that the only way that China could rise and be much more um, successful is to be Chinese and to embrace China. So, so therefore, we need a Chinese solution from the Beijing perspective. What do they mean by that? They mean the collective. They mean embracing the unification that we are all one in unity of thought, unity of purpose, unity of spirit. Watch the Congress. Watch the Chinese Congress get together. And those that step out of that will get dragged by their hair and punished, right? The beatings will cease once morale improves. Once you do what we say, right? That's what this is all about. So... 
how is this happening? Why is this happening? Is there any truth to this? Well, for the people who originated the virus and literally created it, right, this is manufactured. We know that this has now been exposed, our U.S. Senate, but no one's talking about this because they don't want that also to come apart during the election. No, that, you know, 4, 7, 13, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNBC, CNN, none of them are going to put this any information out there. United Kingdom government data has now revealed that the triple vaccinated make up 91% of all COVID deaths in the year 2022. I will repeat that. Okay. Your government is telling you to vaccinate. In fact, I went to the New Mexico Department of Health. I went uh, directly to the website. It's a total propaganda website. New Mexico DOH website. And boy, the nice little pictures and the wonderful things. Within moments of your vehicle Wait, being... We're going we're gonna, to uh, blast right through this. Um, we're not going to cut to a commercial. This is too important. It's telling you to stay up to date with your vaccines. Now, if... The government came out and told you, they came out and told you, they said, okay, look, 91% of all the deaths this year are from the triple vaccinated, but we still want you to go ahead and take the vaccinations because the best way for New Mexicans to protect themselves and their loved ones from COVID-19 is to take the vaccination. The vaccines are safe, effective, and free, but 91% of all COVID deaths this year are from people who are triple vaccinated. Would you take the vaccination? No, you would not. Nobody would. And the government in its right mind wouldn't be advocating for that. I don't know that the government's within its right mind. I don't think people in the right mind are running the government. I don't think someone who loses 28 employees within her cabinet, Michelle Lujan Grisham, must be in her right mind. She has an Mexico Department of Health chief and Dr. Disgrace who has multiple hats that he has to wear. He must be overworked. He must be very tired. His judgment must stink because, well, let's face it. When you're overworked, you don't make good decisions. According to the graph, vaccinated make up 90% of COVID deaths since 2021. So it isn't unique to this year. Some of the replies to it are, but most likely to die before they were vaxxed were the elderly. So basically it doesn't work. The same people who would do poorly are doing poorly. And the ones who likely would be fine are just fine, says one person. Another person says, but isn't 90% of the population also vaccinated and probably 90% of the fully vaccinated of the elderly? Don't know if this really says anything new. Yeah. If you're vaccinated, well, um, you're just quickening. You're quickening. Another person states, it means it's all a scam. I feel that way. Kramer feels that way. One way or the other, we are being led to believe something that isn't true, that the data reveals is untrue. Did you know that 90% of the people who die from cancer are right-handed? Somebody should look that in a possible relationship. There's, there's the smart ass that's jumping in who got COVID, who's trying to make light of everything. I thought vax people didn't die from COVID, right? Isn't that what the whole entire thing was about? You're getting vaccinated so you can prevent death. Well, vaccination is to prevent you from getting the disease in the first place or getting the infection in the first place, isn't it? Wasn't that the first real true test of what it was trying to do? So, folks, the government's leading us down there and trying to understand when the government is going to understand the dangers of vaccine, and the question is if they haven't taken it, almost never, as I just told you. According to something called the BMJ, an expert media panel talking about medical coverage in the news. 
what are the politicians and the governments doing? Well, according to the data, they're doing exactly what we think that they're doing, based upon what I just stated. Politicians and governments are suppressing science. But I thought we were supposed to be led by the science. Hey, Fauci, I thought we were led by the science. Michelle Lujan Grisham, Dr. Disgrace, I thought we were all led by the science. I thought this was the science. I thought the science was sound, and this is what we need to do, and we need to get vaxxed. And your New Mexico Department of Health is telling us this is safe and effective. CDC recommends that people remain up to date on their vaccines. For current vaccination recommendations, see the CDC. Oh, here it is. Get a smart health card. Use the booster tool. COVID-19 vaccines for people who are moderately or severely immunocompromised. Frequently asked questions. Here's the hotline. Additional resources. Strategies for ensuring the safety of COVID-19 vaccines. General information about COVID-19 vaccines. Information about the COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer and Biotech. Information of COVID-19 vaccine from Moderna. Information of COVID uh, vaccines from the Food and Drug Administration. Why is everybody telling me so much about the vaccines when they should be just telling me that the vaccines are safe and that this prevents further infection from COVID-19? Because it's misinformation. And the people in the media, once they have a break like this, Kramer's not going to be around. Mark my words, this time next year, he will not be around. Won't even be interested. You're not going to break ranks on air if you aren't looking for the door. He knows that. He's been around for decades. This is from the United Kingdom. Politicians and governments are suppressing science. UK's pandemic response relies too heavily on those with worrying competing interests. Who are those? Uh, those would be doctors, and then they would be the medical providers, which also include those who manufacture the vaccinations. According to the BMJ, politicians and the governments are suppressing science. When a good science is suppressed, people die. Why do they die? Because it's not good science. Executive Editor Dr. Kamaran Abbasi argues that COVID-19 has unleashed state corruption on a grand scale. Have you felt that? I believe you have. I believe you've all experienced about it. But if you push back, then President Xi or Michelle Lujan Grisham might just decide to pull you by your hair and say, you're going to get that vaccine. You're going to be rammed and vented. We're going to take you in and we're going to get you better. See? Look. Oh, you died. Oh, well, you shouldn't have got it infected in the first place if you would have had the vaccine to begin with. (laughs) Go to the VAERS website and you start to look at, well, vaccines aren't supposed to kill people. Why are they killing more than 8,000 people around the world? Why the VAERS industry? Uh, and those are direct kills. The indirect kills are myocarditis and the various other things that plague people after they get the vaccinations. I know you don't want to hear it. These are all inconvenient truths, right? Scientists and health experts also responsible. Politicians in industry are responsible for this opportunistic embezzlement, they call it. Wow. Let me take your money while at the very same time telling you what you're required to do. Well, at the very same time, telling you that what I'm doing for you is for your own good. Wow. (laughs) Sounds like an abusive relationship, doesn't it? The pandemic has revealed how the medical political complex can be manipulated in an emergency at a time when it's even more important to safeguard science. The link is right there at rockoftalk.news if you want to follow along. He points to examples of suppression of science of scientists during the UK's pandemic response, including inappropriate involvement in government advisors in the scientific advisory group, which would include who? The people who stand to benefit by creating the what? The vaccine that the CDC recommends that you better take. Bossy argues that the UK's pandemic response relies too heavily on scientists and other government appointees with worrying competing interests, including shareholdings in companies. 
Notice the number of people in Congress that invested in what? Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. It's there. People who are elected to Congress should not have the ability whatsoever to invest in any of these medical companies. They have first ahead of the curve information, which is also known or used to be known as insider trading. Who gave you the leak? Who gave you the information? How were you able to discern why that was going to be so beneficial? You must have known everything that was going to be hammered in there. How do these people go from flat broke, elected to Congress, to multi-million, even billionaires? So how might science be safeguarded in these exceptional times? Well, the BMJ writes the first step is full disclosures of competing interests. Of course. The next step is full transparency about decision-making systems. Who's choosing and why? What's Fauci involved in? Where did this come from? Also, governments and industry must also stop announcing critical science policy by press release. Test it out first. We need clear, open, and advanced publication on the scientific basis for the policy, procurements, and wonder drugs is a fundamental requirement. Politicians often claim to follow the science, but Abbasi says the better approach is for politicians, publicly appointed decision makers, to be informed or guided by science when they decide policy for their own public by the people whom they are elected by. It's right there at rockoftalk.news. Read it and weep. Some inconvenient truths, even for us Republicans involved there. There are some people on the right side of that aisle there who are also involved and benefiting. Qui bono? Who benefits from all of this being created? And why? And how? The answers to all of those things lead you exactly to the corruption that is implicit from the very beginning on the greatest scam ever affected on the human race on this earth. And that would, of course, be COVID-19. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. So when are politicians going to understand the dangers of vaccine uh, when it doesn't benefit them and they actually have to do the right thing? Don't get paid. Don't give them insider trading. They will always do what's best for themselves. They're rational actors. We constantly refer to that unit in economics. It's why it's called the dismal science. We go back to that unit because that unit will always choose for themselves. It doesn't make it good or bad. It's a case of survival. What will you take in order to further benefit your own person, being constituency, your state, and the world at large? Well, you have to have be fully satisfied on your own first and be an unselfish human being. And oftentimes that that just isn't the case. 550, 5500. Call you in the key, but go ahead. Hey, Eddie, how you doing? It's Chris. Chris, what's up? Long time, no talk. Um, how's the, uh, how's the uh, shop going over there across Motel 76? You still, still around? Yeah, we're still around. We're hanging in there. All we're right, dealing with, uh, uh, dealing do, with what we've got now. Yeah, do a big plug, uh, a little plug for your uh, shop. Get people to head on over to go see you. Um, it's furniture on consignment. We're on. We're at 2015 Candelaria, just east of University, on the north side of the street. All right. So homeless people there, or do they uh, do they move out of the hood? They moved out. The city was going to buy. This is what I understand. They were going to buy the motel. That <laughs> that whole deal, deal fell through, and now they're trying to sell it. Uh, you know, privately. So we'll see what happens huh, with them now. Well, like, no, I, I guess when you have to award 17 million because of uh, gender discrimination today, uh, then uh, you can't buy hotels. <laughs> That's yeah, that's true. Among among other things. Among um, other things. All right, uh, fire away, Chris. Go ahead. Well, you know, I've, I've I've been laying low for the last few months, just listening and listening and preparing for what we're up against here. And um, you know, as I've listened to you with Karen Baloney jumping in this race, and when oh, I listen to oh her, gosh. when I when I listen to her speak, this woman is not 
does not care about us if she if her goal is to keep him from getting in office. This is a right. self. This is for herself. She she could care less about us because if that's the case, um, you know, you would step out of this race just like you called for a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, the issues are there. I mean, this stuff is plain black and white all across the country. What we're seeing. Crime's out of sight. We, we don't need to repeat it again. Crime, economics. Um, we are dead last year. I called into the show on Saturday and talked with Matt. We're dead last in so much. And so when you walk up to go pull that lever to vote again, how can you walk up and do it and say, I'm gonna, I want to stand at the very back end of the line again yep. and again and right. again? So, you know, where we're at and what we're doing here in this state has been, it's a joke. And for her to sit up on stage and sit there and laugh, and I've, I've, been, I've been getting ads when I'm watching YouTube videos of her abortion play. Wait, wait, Karen, you've been getting ads from Karen Bedoni? No, no, not from Karen. This is from uh, Grisham. Oh, Grisham. Grisham. Okay, Grisham. got it. Okay. I watch, I'll be watching a video that has nothing to do with her, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the video, an ad pops up talking about how you're going to lose your rights if you vote for Mark. Yeah. It's insanity. I, I mean, how I, I, I oftentimes get I often uh, get short fat people confused, so I apologize for the confusion. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. It's a blurry vision. Anyway, you know, I, I think about that and how desperate I was telling that to Matt, how desperate she is. How desperate she is to to be pulling that last card she's got. It's the only one she's got, trying to play to those who care about it. And yeah. the, the, the people that need it, the amount of people, Eddie, that need it, to need to have a potentially have an abortion is so small. It's such a tiny issue, and yet they're playing on it like you're, you're stealing their rights. Because it's not, you're not lining up millions and millions and millions of women every day to have an abortion. There's, there's some, but it's not the prevailing amount of women. Right. Otherwise, it would be the issue. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know how they made it central and such a focus. Uh, nationally, they're still trying to do it because they got nothing else to run on. But the type five, top five issues, Republicans own four of five of them. And uh, the things abortion, uh, you know, uh, gender equity or, you know, freedom of that. And then, of course, uh, you get into climate change. None of those are in the top five. But uh, nonetheless, they continue to run them. They're amplified by media, which is a completely and totally biased at this time. The one thing that is in there that they do talk about is jobs, and we do have a low unemployment rate. But let's not forget why we have a low unemployment rate, because everybody had to go back to work. And it's pretty easy to work when you actually don't have to go back to work, which is why you have full employment. It's why there's no traffic on the street, but people still aren't going into work, and they're paid anyway. So, Absolutely. Yeah. One other thing real quick. Sure. That, that little clip you played um, with um, our former... Um, State Hillary Clinton. That that was disgusting. She's Listening disgusting. To her. Oh, she is. She she fits in the same category as these other two you just classified. You know when you when you look at what she did in that clip, she immediately went to hard right and like you said, I don't know that I believe any any of this even happened, but they they found a way to found a way to sneak it in right here at the end. And you want to know what else is funny? The, the exact policies that they have fought for, no cops, let's have crime, is exactly what, if this actually happened, is exactly what they asked for. They got what yeah. they wanted. This guy broke into their house and committed a crime, and you've asked for that. Yep. And remember, this all happened in San Francisco, where uh, they defecate on the streets, they have a massive homeless problem, and the uh, police oftentimes uh, don't respond to 911. So, yeah, they not only they asked for it, they got it, and uh, that's what they wanted. Chris, thanks for calling in. It's uh, good to hear from you. One last plug here. i got 10 seconds. Uh, one more time for your consignment. Yep, furniture on consignment, 2015 Candelaria. 
uh, just ECB University. Thanks, All Eddie. All right, there you go. All right, uh, thanks so much for being here. I haven't heard from him in a while. I don't know. I have a knack for remembering people who have called in, and Chris is definitely one of those people. I'll get to uh, more of your phone calls after the break. There's a couple more people uh, hanging there on the line. They've been there for a while. Back in three to wrap the show here in the Kiva, talk about technology when we return. The only song that I really like, I mean, you know, you got the Air Force Ones and all that, but that was back in the day. Remember he had, uh, what, $2 million on his person and jewelry and he got ripped off. There it is. Uh, Nelly, just a dream there in the Kiva here. All right. Uh, a lot of texts uh, coming in. Uh, Joe Monahan noticed. Uh, nice. Uh, thanks, Joe. I, was, uh, I, I told him I'd plug his coverage over at uh, KANW there with uh, Michael Brasher. Been doing it for uh, umpteen years. He said, excellent interview with Gingrich. Thinks Harold that has a good chance of holding. Same for MLG. I disagree. As you guys all know, I think Ron Ketty is going to come in and and snatch the victory right out of MLG's hands right there. That's going to be very uh, exciting. Eddie, it is Chris with consignment calling. You want to watch my uh, coverage. You can bounce back and forth. It'll be depressing over there. It'll be a celebration over here, 38-32. Democrats over Republicans in the House. And then, of course, you already know where we're at as far as the Senate. Uh, it is a, a one person before it's a supermajority. I think it's 64 you know, 36, not good. Uh, one more if they were to take it and think, oh, we don't have the uh, Senate race uh, this year. But I don't know. With the way the momentum, the way the wind is blowing uh, here six days until the election, I'm very excited, as uh, you all can tell. So I uh, appreciate that uh, you guys uh, all tuning in uh, during this time. Danelle uh, checks in. Anytime one chooses to change something physically, it's considered cosmetic. Insurance doesn't cover, so the government shouldn't be paying for it. Uh, besides, it doesn't matter what you change on the outside. Your chromosomes will always remain the same. Hormones won't change that. Wearing lipstick won't change that. If children are too young to drink or smoke, they are too young to change their sex. Adults need to guide and protect children, not walk them down the gallows. Adults who enable this self-mutilation is guilty of child abuse. Biden's administration is derelict in its duties. Instead of focusing but on fixing our economy, borders, and crime, they'd rather focus on destroying our children. Are they purposely trying to create shock value? I feel like our government has turned into the Jerry Bringer, uh, Springer show. That is the uh, text of the day. Um, Mark says, no presidential seal on podium during Biden's speech tonight in D.C. Am I missing something? Oh, it's always those details, right? Mark, uh, good to hear from you, man. I'm glad that uh, you texted uh, in. Uh, Dictionary Dave says, I had an analysis of where we are now in the early Soviet period, one-party rule, and how the Democrats want total control. Tom Cotton, you might have heard him uh, early this morning on TV, gives identical analysis of where we are right now. Newsmax, Rob 
Rob Schmidt show source backgrounds of conflict 1947 going a uh, full blown dictionary. Thanks for uh, texting in. And, uh, I appreciate uh, all of your feedback as well. Uh, us midterm elections, how America casts its and counts its votes. You've got the link directly at rockoftalk.news. misinformation online. They say talking about electronic voting machines, but I have to go back to this and this is, you know, really what is that question? Uh, by the way, the, uh, question of the day, the poll question of the day, how many seats do the Democrats lose in the House 2022 midterm elections? We now have uh, 42% at more than 30. Uh, we have a few people who said more than 25, 8%, 33% coming at more than 20, 0% more than 15, and uh, 17% at minus 10. So you heard Newt uh, minus 44 uh, on that. He's been there. He's done that. I uh, gave you the uh, breakdown and why all that uh, might happen. So J.D. Vance says the biggest... Big tech is the biggest threat to U.S. democracy. Now, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would actually agree with that today based upon um, her latest uh, text. Let me, uh, let me, and this is directly to Elon Musk. She's mad. She's uh, angry, of course, uh, as she always is. She's, is there ever a day where that woman doesn't seem to be angry about something? So uh, this came in uh, to the Kiva, and it says, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, LMAO, at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that, quote-unquote, free speech is actually eight bucks a month subscription plan. And then Elon Musk, after, I don't know, 57,000 replies and retweets and 40,000 responses, Elon Musk says, your feedback is appreciated. Now pay me eight bucks. That is uh, uh, great. That's exactly the type of quip we need back uh, against uh, the holes of power, of which she has really taken over. Her and her agenda, uh, the progressives have been seduced by the gang of four, Ilan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, these people who have seemingly, you know, run the Democrat Party into the ground. Uh, and not seemingly, I think in actually an actuality is, uh, is what has happened. So uh, J.D. Vance uh, on this, uh, take a listen. And he, of course, is running up against Tim Ryan, who doesn't want Joe Biden to show up in Ohio. He doesn't want him to show up in Ohio. He doesn't want it. It was a swing state, barely won, barely held on. Ohio's gone for Trump both in 16 and 20. Uh, the only time Ohio, like in the last 70 some odd years that they picked, did not pick the winner. Uh, Valencia County also had something very similar to that. They picked Donald Trump, but somehow Donald Trump didn't win. I think that goes back to 1948 in those elections. Here's J.D. Vance, a threat to democracy is big tech. And you hear a lot in America, people worried about our democracy, worried about threats to our democracy. I happen to think the biggest threat to American democracy today is big technology companies in bed with the communist Chinese who are censoring information about American politics. This is really, really important because, look, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all these companies are now the digital public square. If those companies, which some of them have financial stakes in communist China, if those companies are censoring information in a way that helps one political party or hurts another political party, I don't, I don't care if it's my political party being helped or hurt. I don't want these companies interfering in our elections, and I think that happened in 2020. That is a very even answer. It's a very good answer because he also included Twitter on that. Uh, which is not the favorite of the Democrats right now, given that the richest person in the world, and that's what you get. You heard that yesterday, um, Elizabeth Warren just demonizing somebody for having money, being able to purchase something, and then we have to go after big tech. We have to go after billionaires, and they should have to pay more of their share, and they're not allowing us to, like it's always you know, the big boogeyman. But what J.D. Vance did there, 
uh, in a state that's you know equally Republican and Democrat is he went on both sides. And he said he doesn't care if it benefits his cause or not, because what actually happened with big tech was exactly the opposite. It was a bunch of people who had an agenda, whether it be Zuckerberg, whether it be Sergey Bren, whether it, it is, uh, you know, the people who are running uh, Twitter, Jack and uh, his gang. They were doing everything to help big government because they hated Donald Trump so much. And again, the parody between big government and big tech. That is the definition of fascism. And I wanted to share that with you because I got into an argument. I, as I told you, I went to a wedding uh, over the weekend. I gave the Toast Best Man speech uh, uh, for my buddy uh, who is involved in radio. He's a good man. I uh, love him dearly. And uh, he had the opportunity to get married over the weekend. And the guy he sat me next to was probably the biggest liberal maybe that I have uh, ever met. And we went back and forth for a while uh, on this. And uh, I was trying to explain to him what exactly this whole entire thing is because I studied this. And I said, Dems hold the Senate, picks up two to three seats, Eddie, 227, 208, 5347, let's put some money on it. Okay. He says, although you were dreaming about fascism, isn't that always what they do? Like they always come after us. I am here to tell you that Dems hold the Senate. I only do gentlemen's bets as mentioned and get your $1 together in pennies. Hilarious stuff. So I send back to him. If you do a search very quickly for fascism, there's two definitions that come up. I crossed out one, as you guys can see right there and circled the other. And it says, one that I crossed out said fascism is a far-right authoritarian ultranationalist political ideology and movement characterized by a dictatorial leader, centralized autocracy, militarism, forcibly suppression of opposition. Wrong. That is not what it is. It is not a far-right ideology. Fascism was what they employed in Nazi Germany. It was national socialism. It is authoritarian, but it isn't the right or the left. It is the culmination of big corporations... Okay, and government, much like what they have in communist China. That is a form of fascism under this definition. A way of organizing a society in which a government ruled by a dictator controls the lives of people and in which people are not allowed to disagree with the government. That is fascism. You understand that? Controlling the means, giving you access or removing access to the means based upon your opinion, rewarding people for their allegiance to the state. That's what fascism is. Okay, it's hyperstatism is is really what it is. So we continued, and he has a degree from UCLA, and he's making fun of my degree and my degrees or whatever. And then it says Michael Mann is a historical sociologist, professor of sociology at UCLA. In his book Fascist, he provides the following definition: Fascism is the pursuit of transcendent and cleansing nation statism through parliamentarianism, or excuse me, paramilitarism. Transcendence. One, belief that the state can transcend social conflict and blend all social classes into a harmonious whole. Harmonious whole. What is that? That is communism, right? It's misery. Belief in the power of political ideology to transcend human nature and better produce a world, right? Go against yourself. Feel like sharing. Sharing is caring, right? You guys are understanding this. Cleansing, favoring one or more ethnic racial groups over others, either by granting special privileges or imposing disabilities, deportation of ethnic minorities or worse. I'm going to make my point on big tech in here. Three, statism, promoting a high degree of state intervention in personal, social, economic matters, belief that the state can't accomplish anything. Folks, your social media is fascism. Or at least it has been up until Elon Musk decided to go ahead and free up speech. It's been used in a very statist way. It's banned people like me. I've been banned from YouTube, been banned from Facebook, been banned from Twitter, been banned from all these different platforms. And now that one is open, I'm going to go ahead and jump back on there to say what I want. 
I exist in a place where freedom of speech is actually used, not ridiculed and reduced to nothing because I didn't do what the state or I didn't do what the platform wanted me to do. So big tech is the enemy of the people. It's just not all big tech anymore now that Elon is in charge and just in time. Bright and early. See you tomorrow, 4 p.m. here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Get the notes at rockoftalk.news. Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque.